You are listening to Critical End, episode 101. The best and worst of 2011. so old we are so old I, um do we have any new features for our 101 episode all the old uh, stuff that's that's old now ryan they need something new i'm going to start putting 101 percent into every episode logan and really make it great you're so much further like that's so much more advanced than me. i'm just gonna start wearing pants oh don't don't ruin a good thing oh just keep the pants off then yeah i would just ignore that you like this let me cross the leg Oh well, <laughs> oh Mr. Drysdale. So uh, I, it's different this year, uh, for as far as the movies go, because in the past, uh, this is our fourth year. Do this show, right? Is that right? Uh, yes, this I is our so. fourth our, show, right? Of this, uh, of, of this, of the best and worst. Type. Yeah, right. Uh, mm-hmm. Which um, in the past we've all, except for the very first episode, uh, which was also the first episode of Critical End ever. Now I think about it, mm-hmm. uh, we that was just kind of. Although I guess at that time we probably seen most of those, most of those movies together as well. Um, we just didn't have Critical End to do it. Uh, for. That's true. We lived in the same state for, right, for, uh, for most of that year. Um, but ever no, since wait, no, we then, didn't because that was two thousand eight. It's true, true. But we, I think, we were still watching mostly the same movies then. Yeah, that's true. Um, uh, but since then, really, we've kind of synced everything because uh, it was all critical in for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there were you know there were movies outside of critical in we'd seen our own free time and tossed in there too. But critical because of critical in we saw what was most inter- interesting to us in theaters at the time. Uh, right for that year well this year is the the big change because we haven't done really a uh, critical end movie together since july i believe yeah we took some time off uh and we are operating on a new schedule now so you might be totally shocked that you're even hearing a podcast at the moment uh we're a little bit more we're gonna be a little more loose about when we release stuff uh but we did definitely want to get this one out because it's important we do it every year and um and you know we uh, come hell or high water logan we will wrap up 2011 well i i hear i've heard a lot of people say they uh this is one of their favorite shows oh really um and that's always good yeah i i don't know it's one of my favorite ones to do as well uh and another big thing about this year ryan another big first really for uh the best and worst show is that this is really the first year that i have no clue what you're gonna say you know it's gonna get contentious there's gonna be a couple we're gonna fight over oh let's let's bring on the fight <laughs> Them right. fighting words, Ryan. Well, well, yeah. I mean, I said saying we were that you fight, want to fight. So, I mean, it's clearly to me is like wanting to fight. Yeah, that's not a particularly okay. With fists. anyway, uh, why don't we start as is tradition with the worst of the year, okay. and then we'll do our best. We're gonna do five and five. So, uh, Logan, tell me the fifth worst movie you saw in 2011. Okay, Ryan, the fifth worst movie I saw of 2011 coming in with a. Um, not as shocking as you would think, but a three out of ten, right? Mm-hmm. This isn't that shocking when you look at it in the past when we've both opened either like a two out of ten, or in the case of my soul to take a one out of ten. Oh, I'll do you a little better than that in a second, but keep going. Uh, but we're we're opening with a three out of ten here, um, and I I think that we're already going to get into some fighting words because I think it's one that you kind of liked. Um, okay. But uh, arriving at number five for me is the Adjustment Bureau. 
Uh, this, adjustment PRL. Yeah, uh, I, I can is, look see over the it. list I, and find your your rating there, Ryan. This is yeah. a we did an episode of this one. Okay, this is one of the few that this actually falls. Now, I, now I'm looking at my best and worst list. I think we saw a lot of these together for a Critical End. Uh, so this is one we did a show on. So you can go back and listen to my thoughts on the show then. Uh, yeah. But. Uh, it's for me. It's kind of like the box was that one year, Ryan. It's well, it's funny because I gave this the same score as I gave the box a six. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, I think it's right actually. And I'm probably in the show, the, the adjustment bureau show, I probably did a comparison of the boxes there too. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's a movie that looked pretty awesome to me, uh, and I can see many ways that it would work. But in well, not instantly because I was with uh, the adjustment bureau for a while, but it started falling apart quick. And looking back on it, I, I realized that I don't remember so much uh, of the plot points and a lot of what was going on. But I do remember that it involved turning doorknobs certain ways, uh, wearing goofy hats to actually get things done. Like goofy uh-huh. hats give you superpowers, that sort of thing, um, and completely throwing out uh, the adjustment bureau as a villain. In fact, they they kind of. In the movie, they really go out of their way not to do anything, uh, which drove That me was probably the biggest problem. Mm-hmm. I, I, But, you know, I did so, still sort of like it. I liked Matt Damon a lot. I liked the performances. Um, I think the biggest problem is the ending was very, very weak. Oh, uh, it was, yeah. Well, dropping out of six, though, Ryan, for you, uh, I can safely assume, yes, that that won't make your best of then. So, mm-hmm. we're uh, no. so well, you, in the end, that kind of lands slightly above mediocre for you in 2011. Uh, yeah, and, and it also might give you a, a sort of a hint as to how the year in, in general is going to look, but uh, we'll get to that at the end. Ooh, this is okay. I'm actually, someone, I have a few things to say about that. I'll try and save it for the end, though. Okay. Um, but yeah, that was um, my number five. So your number five, worst movie of the year, Ryan. Well, let me say about my worst list in general first, is that it's a pretty lame worst list this year for me. Um, good for me, I didn't see a lot of bad movies this year. Excellent uh, not, for you. Yeah, uh, bad for the show, though. Because oh, yeah. it means that the worst movies I saw were still kind of mediocre, middle-of-the-road movies and not terrible. Like, I really, um, I did a lot of, you know, we do some cramming at the last second for this show where we try to go back and see all the 2011 movies we didn't get a chance to see during the year so we can comment on them. And I did a lot of that, but I, I put more emphasis on the good ones. Uh, and I left things like The Smurfs and Alvin and the Chipmunks Chipwrecked and, uh, you know, the other uh, Mr. Popper's Penguins, which I'm not sure where that's going to be on your list, but... I left that stuff aside and uh, and concentrated on the good stuff. So well, I'm, I'm rather ashamed of my worst stuff list, to well, be honest with you. Hold on a second. Um, I, I know like in the past you've done Marmaduke uh, as an example. Yeah, I did do that. Uh, and you've kind of always sought this out. But I want to point out, and this uh, reflects my overall rating at the end, that I never – and this is, I think, for the third year. I, I haven't gone out of my way to see any bad movies. I only see the movies that interest me. That look to me like they have. I mean, not that they might be good, but that they look interesting. Yeah. You know. Well, you're interested in a lot of shit. Um, it's oh man, it's so true. Roger Corman, for instance. <laughs> right. Um But no, no. I mean, in no way though am I gonna like the Smurfs. I think is a great example. Like you know, that's like shit. Yes, but it's not shit that I'm interested in. Right, and it's why I didn't rent Transformers Three. I thought about it for oh, a second. Man, I'm, and I'm with like, you, man. why would I bother renting this? Yeah, like, I, I know I'm, what I'm gonna think. Another example of one that that same way for me so uh, you won't find Transformers 3 on my list everything on here is something that I wanted to see on my own accord if that says anything Ryan alright um, so yeah well, you're number 5 I mean that's basically the same for me as well um, so my number 5 well actually I should mention that um, uh, we had a discussion before we, and we should probably talk about the rules a little bit Logan how we cut oh, all yeah. the TV movies and straight um, to video yeah the rules uh, and if you're you know, draw this out as long as possible we're never going to know your, this, we do this every year I think we want to build up build up someone's like I'm, I'm just going to fast forward past the talking I mm. remember the rules the rules are the same as from the past few years uh, these lists are pulled from uh, IMDB where all year long uh, right after we see a movie and you know like we you know we rush to our phones we're, we rush to our computers and we rate it on IMDB that's where we keep our official critical and ratings and mm. uh, you can actually go to the website and click on there and see all of our ratings ever on IMDb and keep in mind some of those were rated when both of us were in sixth grade I think 
Um, but, uh, so it's pulled from IMDb. The rules being that, uh, it has to be listed as released in 2011. Um, uh, for example, Insidious, uh, would have made, would, it would have been on my 2011 list. Um, but it's listed as coming out in 2010. Oh, yes. uh, that's so there's uh, one that you're like well hold on that movie I you know was in theaters in 2011 but you know it was doing the festival circus and circuit uh, and all that festival circus and circus yeah and it's kind of like a circus in 2010 anyway so that's an example of that uh, so it has to be released in 2011 it has to be listed as a feature uh, we also accept documentaries that sort mm-hmm. of thing uh, just nothing listed as TV and the difference being like for instance documentaries say like TV documentary that sort of thing uh, but this is in, uh, important because uh, we both uh, always joke that our list would be entirely made up of sci-fi channel films sci-fi original movies yes exactly uh, F, uh, mega F-E's. shark versus crocosaurus um you had uh mongolian like death worm or something last year i, I believe which we had to cut know, it that'd be fun to, to put on the list but nope no can do yeah uh, so all these for the most part are actual movies from i won't say like from the hollywood system because you know there might be some indie movies thrown in too uh but they're they're movies that were mainstream that you like for the, you easily find most of the time in a theater um, right or uh, on you know a DVD shelf, not not too hard to find. Anyway, okay, and, and that's that's why I had to cut Tornado Alley, um, the tornado documentary that's playing oh, in I'm planetariums ex- and uh, aquariums yes. uh, around the world, which was actually my worst movie of the year. What'd you give that? Um, a three. I don't even think I rated that movie, um, but I think I'm with you on that. I'm maybe a four, but that's just off my. I can't even remember so much about it. Disappointing. Yeah, that really was disappointing. The best thing about seeing that though was that we got to kind of sleep. Like that's it's true. one of those seats that recline, like really nice. It was different from the theater in that way, but. Uh, and then we made out. <laughs> and then we made out. So number um, five. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the number fifth movie, worst movie I saw this year, oh. which is Red Riding Hood. Okay. Uh, I wish I gave a five, and I don't I want to say fives on this list but here they are well um i'm instantly yep. like shocked i'll let you get into your quick uh that's once again another critical end movie so they can yeah. they can see how that show but that's oddly enough a movie that both of us felt we'd tear apart um and in the show it's that we didn't come to love the movie but we really kind of spent most of that show just talking about how this is a mediocre movie that had a few surprises in it but it was never as bad as we thought it would be yeah um, i so and, and that's that still true on your list is like i really wish you'd see more movies now right I know. Um, that's what I'm saying. Wow, this is the first year I think in our history that a five has appeared on one of our worst of lists. It's possible. Let's see. I really think I mean, it is. Um, last year, I bet last year there was one five on this list. It had to be from. What did I give Devil? Like I, I know, yeah, no, yeah. for me, like Devil was like a three. No, Devil was a four. You're right. Yeah. Uh, uh, to me, like five is a mediocre movie. That's you know middle of the road exactly. It's true, but system. my. It's not going to be the only five on this list. It's okay. my this oh. list is full of fives. Wow. Well, any quick words to say about Red and Riding Hood before we move on? Uh, it's not that bad. It shouldn't be on this list. I just didn't see worse <laughs> movies, basically. So, everything I just said then for you was what... Yeah, basically. Wow, uh, I, I hate the, this. You're like, well, it's yeah. not that bad. It shouldn't be on my worst of a list, but it is. <laughs> it's, this is not going to be a good <laughs> list. I'm sorry. Oh, man. I should have doubled mine up and just given you half my list, right? Probably. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what was bad about Red Riding. Okay. Uh, it was, uh, the, the ending, well, an interesting attempt at a twist, didn't make a ton of sense, didn't feel earned, and, uh, it was sort of, you know style over substance i think yeah that whole twilight style kind of brought it down in the end yeah uh okay moving on uh my number four we're both lit now number four um number my number four worst of the year with another three ryan um is your highness um we always saw that yeah oh yeah yeah we always say that they're uh uh 
there's nothing quite as bad as a bad comedy. That's exactly what this was. I didn't laugh yep. uh, like at all that I can think of. Well, I must have laughed once or twice because it's got a three. Um, and this for me was a Danny McBride. I'm gonna, I was gonna try out Danny McBride. Okay, Ryan. Like mm-hmm. I've never been a huge fan, and people are always like recommending some movies to me and everything. And uh, so this is the one I, I ran to try it out because I, I read that he actually wrote this one. I'm like, well, if I'm gonna go Danny McBride, I'll go all the way, right? Mm-hmm. Of course. And it was like disappointing. The other draw of this one was uh, uh, not so much James Franco. I think it was the other guy, but there were a few people, a few actors I liked appearing in it. Um, and then a wasn't few, Zoe Deschanel in it? Yeah, and then a few people I was about to say that are way above this kind of thing that appeared in. And I, I understand like the actors want to do fun movies every now and then, uh-huh. but this is someone like what the hell were you thinking? Because we got Zoe Deschanel, yeah, and we got uh, Natalie Portman. This yeah. is like post, uh, right after I believe Black Swan. Um, and uh, even like Natalie Portman nudity does not help this movie out, Ryan. Uh, That's thanks. There's epic. there's tons of things that aren't just working here at all, uh, and this whole. Uh, Cheech and Chong thing has been done better before in recent times too, uh, with even like some Seth Rogen, uh, Judd Apatow comedies. Right. Um, so this is not work. Although quickly though, uh, a movie of Danny McBride that did work better for me was Thirty Minutes or Less, um, and you won't see that on my best or worst of list. That fell right in the middle for the year. Um, but just thought, I thought I'd toss that in there, let you know that there are you know I, I think he can do some things and it works. Uh, but Your Highness yeah. is not one of them, so a definite three. All right. Well, I uh, I kind of thought so. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted that movie to be good. I thought there were a few things in the trailer that looked good, mm-hmm. but I kind of knew where I was going with that, so I'm glad I didn't bother with it. Except I wish I bothered with it so it could be in this list. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, so you're number four. Number four, Unknown, the Liam Neeson identity, I forget who I am movie. Yeah, let me, uh, okay, go ahead and do a spiel on the find my rating of it. Also a five. Yes. Uh, it is. Five for me as well. Yeah. just found it. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, starts off okay. Interesting. Again, no real payoff, and January Jones sleepwalks through her role. Oh, she really does. Once we, that's another one we did a critical end of. Uh, yep. I think we both agreed on this since we both gave it a five. Um, and, uh, you know, I think now uh, Lee Mason just came out with The Gray, which even the poster has that same sort of feel to it, you know? I'm like, yeah, he needs I, to stop with this. I was uh, like, you're not fooling me again, Liam Neeson. Yeah, exactly. Unknown wasn't right. good. Taken wasn't very good. That, that's... Um, He's like he had something going here, maybe at some point, but it, it, it dried up a while ago. Uh, well, Ryan, we're getting we're, four is really close to one. Let me point out. Uh, sure. So I'm hoping these the five rating for these movies is going to disappear at some point. But don't don't you know tip it just yet. We'll see. Oh, I'm, I won't. I'm going to keep you in suspense. Okay. Uh, well, uh, yet coming in at number three with yet another three from me, um, and I can already tell. Maybe the adjustment bureau. Okay, maybe that didn't. It worked for some people. Maybe it didn't work for some people. So I think some people can be like, oh, I can see why Logan put that on the list, right? Right. Um, Your Highness, I, I think most people will probably be like, yeah, that, that could go on the worst of, if anything. Um, but now I think we're getting the territory that most people, everyone will agree with me on, okay? Okay. Uh, so my number three is Beastly. Uh, this was that movie with, um, it had one of the Olin, uh, Olsen twins in it. Um, okay, yeah. It had oh, um, like the high school musical wait, girl. The, and like messed up face movie Yeah, guy? yeah. No, hold on. Wait, wait. Except he doesn't really have much of a messed up face at all. No, hold on. Stick with me here. Okay. Uh, and then we had the guy with the messed up face who really didn't have much of a messed up face. Got it. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, you said uh, it pretty well. Well, what the main draw here, Ryan, was this was a modern retelling because it worked for Red Riding Hood. Why don't we modernly retell, modernly retell? Uh, um, Beauty and the Beast, okay? Yeah. And there's no way you can possibly do this in modern times without uh, like rape and kidnapping being involved when you think about it. Mm-hmm. And all that stuff is just kind of like thrown out the. I mean, it's all there, but they kind of, they tend to ignore it because well, there's got, no rape in Beauty there's and the no, Beast. Well, no, I mean it's well, kind of maybe we're, not we're getting the this, Disney version anyway. When you have uh, not the Disney version, right? But when you have a teenager, okay, 
we have two teenagers now. Uh, one who is the best looking guy Here? in school. Where are they? Uh, they're outside. They're in the green room. We have okay. uh, we have two teenagers that go to this like in- incredibly like hip school and everything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, one is like the like the uh, super cool. He's the coolest guy in school, right? Yeah. Well, an actual witch who goes to his school, uh, played by either Mary Kate or Ashley. I don't know which one. She's an actual witch, though, mind you, right? Okay. She goes to school. She's basically a goth kid, but she's a real witch. Okay. She has those powers. Okay. Um, she puts a curse on him that makes him ugly, and by ugly, I just mean he means he goes bald and he gets face tattoos. That's all that happens to him. Okay. Uh huh. Well, there's one scene where his dad takes him to the doctor. And he, the doctor's like, "I don't know what happened to your son." Like, the, this is already kind of weird, right? Like, do you see how this isn't quite working in update in modern times? And then they just like they disregard all that. They're like, "Okay, I guess everyone accepts this the way is it he is." Well, his so dad, you're, his dad is like. Right. Uh, so, so just I follow you. Or the point you're trying to make is like they don't admit him to the hospital. They're like, eh. No, it, none of this works, is what I'm saying. Okay. Like, Beauty and the Beast is not one you can take and do like a modern update of for teenagers. That whole Twilight formula too. Uh, so his dad pretty much disowns him, and he, uh, uh, oh Neil Patrick Harris, who's blind, see, because it's important that a blind man would help him uh, figure things out. Uh, Neil Patrick see. Harris yes, is yeah. in this as a blind gay man uh, oh. shows up. And uh, because his dad's disowned him, he's sent to, like, live in this little loft somewhere in, like, New York. It's still kind of trendy when I think about it. Uh, and he's told by the witch that the only way he can, uh, like, you know, save himself is if he finds true love with, like, the ugly, or not the ugliest, but, like, the least cool girl in school. Who's the high school musical girl whose name escapes me now. So he makes a bet that he can take her to prom. <laughs> right? <laughs> and Matthew Lord's there. And Paul uh-huh. Walker. No, anyway... Well, then, uh, to make all this work, of course, he kidnaps her, just like in Beauty and the Beast, the Disney version, okay? And she lives, like, in the loft with him and everything. And, and oddly enough, she's fine with this. Uh, there's, like, one scene where she gets on the internet and tries, like, to go for help. And he's like, no internet for you. Well, yeah, there's I mean, it's like, nothing if you kidnap someone works. in a loft, it's yeah. a little harder than if you kidnap them in, like, a castle. Right, there's nothing that works at all in this movie, okay? Uh, well, Why did you watch apparently this? Apparently something did, because I gave it a 3 out of 10. Um, uh-huh. So there's some sort of draw to it. Anyway, I think this is a movie that, uh, if anything, you'll have fun with uh, tearing apart. Uh, but yeah, Beastly definitely deserves to be in the top five, and it definitely, I think, needs to be on number three, which is around the edge of getting the, to the really bad movies. Wow. Uh, but yeah, there it is, Beastly. Well, my number three is The Right, the Anthony Hopkins yeah. uh, Exorcist movie. Uh, that You know what? That uh, actually lands a three from me as well. Uh, it's a three out of ten. Uh, what okay. would you give it, though? I gave it a five. Okay. No, I mean, I mean like, because uh, a three compared to my beastly rating and all that, yeah. So it's... Oh, no, I, so it, I actually liked it more, but it made my list and not yours. Is that what we're saying? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you got beastly, your highness, and the adjustment grew if you pay attention. I've given a three to all those. Oh, yeah. That's what um, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. And the right, I gave a three to as well. It just did make the worst. It wasn't that yeah, yeah, bad. Yeah. yeah, right. I think it's funny, though, that it's like you gave it a worse rating and it made my worst of the year. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> But uh, anyway, it's not a great movie at all. No. It's actually pretty damn boring and, and pointless. And nothing... Um, come to think of it, thinking back on it, I'm not really sure why I gave it a five. Yeah, I, I was about to ask you the same thing. Remember how uh, we both decided that they had added like the CG uh, scary face effects to Hopkins later on? Like yes. You can watch the movie and realize they weren't there originally. Uh, but yeah, it's I don't know. The Riot is another one we did critically enough to show off. Yeah. Uh, and I remember it being bad enough to give a three, but it's bad enough to forget as well. Yeah. I like Beastly, which I can remember enough about to tell you how bad it is. Yeah. Um, so that's your number three, then, the right? Yes, the right. With another five, we're hitting. I'm the, next year, Ryan, I'm going to have to send you some bad movies. 
Well, you know, I well when, we, when you see my best of the year, you'll know I got some good ones in, and that that was, well, it sounds that was like the you, price if I had you, to pay. If your worst ofs are fives, and I think you only saw good movies this year for the most part. Yeah, actually, like, I kind of did. If you can only say like the worst movies I've seen this year are fives, then you had a pretty good year in the theater. Yeah. Um, anyway, number two for me, one of the notoriously uh, worst films of the year. This is making everyone's list, and I'm proud to say it's on mine. And I am. Uh, I'm also proud to say that I had hopes for this movie because I love the book it's based on. It's one of the few kids' books that pretty much brought tear to old uh, Logan's yes. eyes. Uh, but Mars needs moms. Oh, uh, deserves. Oh, I you're going with that. Okay. Where do you think I was going with that? Uh, Mr. Popper's Penguins. Oh no, no 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 number two no way. Uh, Mr. Popper's Penguins at least had like you know CG penguins tripping around stuff. Mars needs moms has nothing going for it, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> it's an absolutely terrible movie. Um, Nothing seems to work. I almost watched it. The uh, the book it's based on, like the kids' book. I said, you know, like what you got eight, twelve pages of the max, maybe right. Every single page of that works. Every single page is a work of art. None of that appears in the movie. The they use kind of like one little plot point, which is like kind of the end of the book, the twist uh, in the movie. But that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rob Zemeckis image movers uh, um, sort of motion capture thing that he's always used uh, yeah. has never looked worse than it does in this movie. Uh, Why just, does he keep going back? No, seriously, right? I think he produced this movie, though. I don't think he actually made this movie. Um, it's already notorious, of course, for being one of Disney's few big, big, big flops. Like, they lost so much money in this movie. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and why would this ever work when you think about it? I don't know. Now, this is the movie where they actually got a real kid to do the voice and motion capture oh, for the kid. No. And then recast him as Seth Green. You're exactly opposite of what you just said. They had the Seth Green thing do all of that. wasn't true. They had Seth Green play the kid and do the voice and everything. And they used his face and everything, whatever. Uh, oh. But then they said, no, no, he sounds too old. So they dubbed his voice of a kid's voice. In post. Oh, weird. Okay. So I you're actually watching Seth Green. And Seth Green does get the credit um, as the kid, too, and everything. But no, it's they, they used a different kid's voice in the end. Uh, so poor Seth Green. But I guess he wanted out of that, I guess. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess it worked out for him. But yeah, not a great movie. Uh, but once again... A three out of ten. Yeah. Okay. So not terrible. Not terrible. Uh, I uh, at the risk of giving this away a bit early now, but I'm at number two, so why not? I can. Uh, this is the first year ride. I don't have a one or a two on my list. I wondered about that. Yeah, you, you didn't have a. You had a one last year. Um, I've, my soul to take. Hello. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. All um, right. there's nothing redeeming about that movie, but I can find the good in even Mars Needs Moms and Beastly and Your Highness and the Adjustment Bureau, perhaps. You have uh, a big heart. That's what it is. So, so uh, a three out of ten for Mars Needs Mom. That's number two. You're number two. My number two is Margin Call. Did you see this movie? I did not see this movie. Tell me about it. Here's what happened. Oh, I, I was, feel like uh, this is what people were saying was good. Go ahead. Yeah, I was home uh, for maybe it was Christmas or I feel like it was earlier than that. I don't know. And my dad was like, "Oh, I've got <laughs> every time. I'm, every time I'm home, my dad has some movie that he got from Netflix or Redbox uh-huh. that we just have to see." Like is that how? Um, and, like he hasn't seen it. He's just like, guys, this movie's so amazing. Yes, okay. exactly. <laughs> right. uh, and he had Margin Call from Redbox or something. He's like, huh. oh, I hear this is great. We have to see it. I've heard all these great things about it. I'm like, well, all right, I guess so. So we watch it, and basically, what always happens when my dad is so excited about a movie because my dad kind of doesn't like any movie that comes that's come out after 1955. He stopped liking movies. <laughs> um, Sounds like my kind of guy. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, he's got good taste. You know, everything pre everything pre war. Right. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So, but everything he gets excited about usually doesn't pan out. So he puts it in, and like two hours later, he just turns to me, my sister, and he's like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Margin Call is about, um, it's about uh, stock trading <laughs> things, and um, 
you know, monies. Is this your way of trying to admit that you saw Wall Street 2, but you don't want to admit it? Yeah, that's what I... Money no, Never Sleeps or whatever it was. Now, Mar- Wall there, Street 2 margin call? Yeah, but there were some names in this, right? Uh, oh, yeah, there was a ton of names in it. Um, it's, uh, let's see. Uh, Kevin Spacey. Okay, that's a name. Paul Bettany. There's another name. Jeremy Irons. Yeah, we're getting there. Spock. <laughs> yeah, hold on. How can this movie not work? Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Denis Moore. Spock. Yeah. Stanley Tucci. Uh-huh. Yeah, a bunch of people. Oh, wow. Um, and the reason that this got as high as it did of a score is because on a scene-to-scene basis, it really held my attention. I was like, oh, that's a that's compelling. I mean, I hope that the next scene has something to do with something, but that was compelling. And then by the end of it, it ends in such a fizzle, and you realize that nothing you watched before, not only did nothing you watched before amount to much story-wise and really amount to anything, but the movie's position on this investment banking crisis dealy is really kind of offensive. It's like, hey, it's hard being a banker, you guys. <laughs> anyway, bye. Got the end. The end. Wow. Okay. So, uh, anyway, that gets a four for me. It was not great. A four! Yay! I'm yay. happy. It's worth it just <laughs> to hear that. I, Margin Call could be the best movie ever, and I could have given it a ten, Ryan. I'm not admitting it yet. <laughs> but I'm happy to hear that you gave it a four, okay? Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. just happy that's there and it exists and it's a thing. Um, yeah. So this brings us to number one, correct? Number one. The number, number one, one worst, worst movie, of movie of 2011. Now, I think for both of us, it's not... It's, it's not going to be um, – it'll be shocking, I guess, because people don't know this year as opposed to last year. But it's not going to be one we absolutely hate like last year. Uh, Correct. That had no nothing redeeming about it whatsoever. This year, Ryan, I can honestly say the movie at my number one, I've given a three, just like all the rest on here. But I okay. hate this one the most of the other threes. In okay. fact, the more I think about this movie, the, I, the more I want to give it a two. But I think that uh, my solo take kind of set like the low water mark. <laughs> and all the water is you know above that mark. Well, um, let's Killjoy set our low watermark long yeah, ago. That's but true. We're, we're talking continue. about these critical end ones, though. Um, speaking yeah. of which, 2011 did bring us another Killjoy movie, uh, which Ryan and I both apologize for not getting around to. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we'll, we'll do that eventually. Um, I've often joked with you that we should, uh, I guess whenever we completely run out of movies to see for critical end, we should do a uh, like a, a best of 2010 show part two. Where we where we uh, like put the new ratings up, you know what I mean? Because I know like my yeah. best of would change. Uh, the one that always jumps to mind for me is Gentleman Broncos. I know that would have made like the best of that year if I'd actually seen it in time. Yeah, I um, feel the same way. Uh, I think we talked about before there are websites that do like you know uh, video game websites that do uh, you know best 2009 game of 2010 mm-hmm. where they didn't get to it until later. You I, know? I think it'd just be cool to compare and see how our list actually changed mm-hmm. uh, with the more movies we saw. Because uh, I know there's a bunch. I mean, obviously, there's a bunch of movies both of us missed this year that we'd really want to see. A lot of them, Oscar contenders, of course. The artist uh, is worth mentioning. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way we could have really rushed out to see that. Uh, but my number one worst movie of 2011, coming up with a three, is Shark Night. Oh, now, Shark Night! I almost rented it. Now, that wasn't directed DVD or something. No, 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 no. no Shark that Night wasn't was theaters. Yeah. I remember being the, yeah. It's the director who bought who brought us the Final Destination, and because it's so confusing now of those movies, that was the fourth one. Just so you all know. That was the one that was the first one to be shot in 3D, right? Now, that was the fifth one, though. No, no, no. That was uh, Final Destination 5. Wait, what are we talking about? Wait. The Final Destination oh, I'm was sorry. the fourth the one. The Final yeah. Destination. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, sorry. The Final Destination, same director. And If you recall, you and I had a fun time with that one. Uh, it's one of those mm-hmm. movies that did a lot of fun stuff with the 3D and everything, right? Mm-hmm. I think you actually called the best one since the first one. I can't remember it, though. Uh, so, uh, you know, Shark Knight 3D, I'm kind of excited about it. It has one of those, like, great titles. This could go for the, like, the Piranha remake type thing, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it might be fun. We have uh, Joel David Moore, who I, I secretly have that man crush on I like. You know, he's always funny and everything. Sure. Uh, and we have um, 
Oh, I forget her name. The girl who's now in Smash, and she's an American Idol runner-up or something. Okay. Uh, which is, is really funny. Uh, oh, man. I wish I could remember her name. It's funny that she would do a movie like Shark Knife is the point. Uh, she appeared in that episode of Community as well. Uh, it'll never come to me. No idea. Anyway. So, not not an award-winning cast or anything, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it seems like we have a fun premise here, and that is that it's apparently Shark Knife. Yeah, um, it turns out it's Shark Knight. If you go to watch the trailer, you realize that they're they're kind of going on the way to, to, to show you that there's nothing really in, happening in this movie, okay, Ryan? <laughs> okay. It's barely ever Shark Knight. Most of the scenes are during the day. Um, you have some 3D delivery of the shark jumping out of the water and everything. Uh, but the whole setup being like, okay, these kids are going out on a, land, uh, on a lake uh, down in Louisiana, and there's sharks in the lake, Ryan. How's that possible? Tell me that. I, I don't think it is. Well, they try to explain that, and the explanation makes no sense whatsoever, first of all. They actually do try to explain why the title is Shark Knight, and it's even dumber. There is a reason why it's called Shark Knight, and it's incredibly, incredibly stupid, okay? they Why do you have to even justify that? It's fine. It's, I mean... it's Shark Knight. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. But to make matters even worse, Ryan, this is a movie with uh, a bunch of young college kids uh, on a lake in bikinis for spring break and everything, right? And we have shark action as they eat, get eaten and everything, right? Are you with me so far? In 3D. Uh-huh. Cool, right? Uh-huh. And it's I have PG, one question, but go on. It's PG-13. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> and that is the worst possible thing could, they could do that. The second worst thing they could do is in their movie at an hour and 18 minutes, realize that they had to fill more time. I'm assuming this is a studio time on this. And so after the credits, put all the Shark Knight music videos they shot to everyone's annoyance and actually it starts kind of during the credits you're like really this is how you're gonna fill this and yeah then the credits and the music videos keep going and it's that bad shark knight was an absolutely terrible movie and it was a movie that i didn't have high hopes for in the first place but it's one of those you know six pack and a fun time movies right no it's (laughs) it's it's none of that ryan this is like a straightforward pg-13 uh like we have a cast of like over 18 year olds but no this is gonna be for the teeny boppers so this is they they pulled a die a live free or die hard on this movie. Yeah, they really did. But live free or die like. hard at least delivered a slightly better unrated version where we got to hear the word fuck at least. Um, sure. But no, this th- no this was released and I was thinking this would come out on DVD if an an unrated you know R super R rated. But no 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 <laughs> super, super R, R. <laughs> it got rated super R which is a new MPAA. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, yeah, it's a record. Been rated for them. super R. It's been approved <laughs> for no one. Uh, but no no no, it was just the straight PG thirteen cut and uh, it's a terrible movie and. it's... I kind of talked it up about how fun I thought it would be, and instantly I called all those people telling them, whatever you do, don't rent this, because uh, it's sounds, not worth it at all. That sounds bad. I was at Redbox, and I saw it come up, mm-hmm. and oh, I was like, you, no, I'm going to get Drive instead, but thanks, Redbox. Yeah, see, and you know, uh, you can't you can't say like, oh, Logan saw Shark Knight, but he didn't see Drive. I really want to see Drive. I made an effort, great effort to see Drive, but uh, it just got delivered on Netflix and Redbox, I think, last week. Um, so yeah. it's backed up for me right now. Uh, but no, so Shark Knight, worst movie of the year, right there. You're number well, one, Ryan. Coming in for seven, I believe. Okay. Is, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> my number one movie, which is also my best movie. <laughs> this is That'd how... be the best list ever. I'd approve of that, actually. <laughs> well, you saw five movies, didn't you, Ryan? Yeah. Uh, well, I know. Uh, yeah, my best hope... list is just this list in the other order. Yeah, I hope your best <laughs> list is actually Margin Call 2, uh, <laughs> Red Riding Hood 2, and Beastly. Go ahead. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, the worst movie I saw this year was Green Lantern, Logan. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ryan, that makes me so happy to hear from you. I Coming was actually, in with a four. I was not worried that you'd like this movie. I kind of had faith that you would not like this movie as a superhero fan. Uh, because I know that even superhero fans didn't like it. But as somebody did not like superhero movies, I have to say this was um, 
definitely not one of my favorite. Okay, go ahead. I'll let you give your review. And I'll tell you my rating. I want. Well, I had heard bad things, but I wanted to like the movie. I did not go in thinking, "Oh, it's going to be terrible." I, you know, I I saw the space shots. I heard Jeffrey Rush, who was great as the as whatever his name is, the fish dude, Toman Toman Ray. Oh, I forget. Dear, yeah. I'm not a huge Green Lantern uh, mythologist or anything, but, um, but yeah, I thought he was good. I, you know, the, everything's starting up. And then I'm watching it, and I'm like, Ryan Reynolds, okay, he's pretty good for this part. Like, I see him as Hal Jordan. That's I'm good casting. And then I'm like, I wonder when this uh, movie's going to get going. I wonder when something's going to, you know, start happening. And I look down, it's been like an hour. Yeah. I'm like, all right, fine. This I've talked about this before, but if you're going to tell a superhero origin story, you can you don't have to do it linearly A to B. I don't know why people think you do. Like, you can start the, the movie with, like, him already having the powers and then do flashbacks. There's plenty of different ways you can structure this. And one of the best ways they did it, although um, this movie itself wasn't great, was the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the Frank Miller version of the, whatever his name, uh, Will Eisner uh, character. I know the movie. Where yeah. They, yeah, they start the movie uh in in the middle of the action and then when a relevant trigger happens you flash back to his origin and that worked very well do that because green lantern it takes forever it's like and i i really admire how much of the green lantern mythos they tried to get into this movie like parallax and hector hammond and they had sinestro in there but he's not even a bad guy like that is commitment to the mythology and i appreciate it but like it was too much and it was not presented in an interesting way um and all the cute little banter between Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively, I did not be- like believe it at all. It just, oh, oh, and, but the worst thing, the worst thing about the movie is it looked like shit. Mm-hmm. Like, the CG was terrible, and it was incredibly expensive, apparently. Yeah, not only that, but I think some of that comes from the fact that so much of that movie was CG. Like, it yeah. even opens in a, in a way that looked like it was Mars Needs Mobs. Did you notice that, too? Like, it was, everything mm-hmm. about that opening scene was CG. There was nothing that was shot on a set anywhere, it looked like. You can't um, give him a suit to wear. Like, yeah, is he really going to look right? that bad? He looks like he it was like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, cartooned onto him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, all that uh, I agree with you is terrible. Also, like I forget who played the the villain in that movie. Um, I don't even I remember uh, the villain Peter gets a Skarsgård? big head. That's a yes. Okay. Uh, there's a wonderful scene where we find out that they actually have some sort of connection, and it's really just like at a party where he walks up to him, he's like, "Hey," and he's like, "Oh, hey," and that's it, pretty much. Like, the, that's yeah. the background we get to their, their character. And then later on, he's like, you're the one who always got the woman. I'm like, we didn't see any of that at all. <laughs> yeah, they don't really do very a uh, very good job of establishing any of that. Um, um, Hector Hammond is interesting in the comics, too, and they fucked it up. See, I, I'm with you on all that. I, I, I felt like uh, that's one that I think a lot of people will, be, uh, will agree with us uh, for that year, uh, for this year. That was a bad movie. I, I know the comic fans kind of shunned it as well. Uh, but there were such high hopes for that movie, and you know, uh, Ryan Reynolds at Comic Con and all that, getting everyone super pumped about it. Um, mm-hmm. worth, he seemed like he was kind of giving it his all too. Uh, it just maybe we had the wrong director or something. There's so much wrong in that movie, and it, it's also a movie where uh, like Green Lantern doesn't actually do much either. I, I feel like a lot of other people are doing stuff for, for Green Lantern for so much of it, uh, and like the training scenes are way too long and uninteresting. Blah blah blah. Uh, so, what was your rating for Green Lantern then? I uh, give it a four. Uh, you know, in a, in a in a year where I got to see more movies, which I did not this year at all, um, this would this should have been like number five, and I should have had like four movies under this that were worse. But I, in this year, for me, worst movie I saw. I'm glad to hear you say because I absolutely agree with you on that point. Uh, but uh, as far as also agreeing with you, I do with Green Lantern as well. I give it a four, oh, um, and that's not one we differ critically in or anything. So there's that's I think the second one on your list that we agreed on exactly with the rating. 
That's true, although as I always point out, because we rate completely differently, that's actually a lower score for you. No, it's a four for me. It should be a higher score. I mean it's a higher you. score. It's yes, higher right, score. right. Um But yeah, so that's just one of several fours though. Uh, and I like no fours made my worst of list. I had enough threes to cover that for me. Um Well, go fish. But Well not the big guns, Ryan. Um let's get <laughs> should to I the, take my shirt off? The, my pants are already off, so why not join oh, me? All right. Uh the top five best movies of the year, okay? I'm uh, excited. Before we get started. Uh, there are some high ratings for me this year. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing surprising. Usually, you know, I at least have one or two eights thrown in there. Uh, every now and then, a straight nine. I, I don't know since we started doing this show if there's been a ten. Um, I, I think the same can be said for you. I don't know if either one of us has ever seen a ten while doing Critical End. Didn't you... Did I give Scott Pilgrim a ten or a nine? You gave it a nine, a nine, and I agreed with you on that, I think. Yeah. Um, I either gave it an eight or a nine, actually. Uh, and that actually, it's, there you go. Scott Pilgrim was my last year. That was one of my top five. Yeah. Um, well, last year, you know, I, I think I felt a, a bit stronger about my movies. Uh, I know I really liked Inception. I like True Grit. Um, I like Scott Pilgrim, and I, all three of those were in my top five. Um, and those are movies that a year later I still enjoy. Uh, yeah. So I stand by my list last year. Uh, this year, there's I can only of these five. There's only uh, two I feel incredibly strongly about, and I'm proud of where they're at in my list and everything. Uh, there's feel- one that kind of made my list. Only as a Logan choice. This is mm-hmm. when you hear it, you'll be like, "Oh, Logan, that's oh, shucks, that's Logan for you." And it's not one I recommend to just anyone. And the other two, I kind of just tacked on, honestly. Um, I they're high as far as my ratings go, but um, you know, they're not super memorable or anything. That's weird. I feel the opposite this year. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've got a super strong list that I'm going to go back in the future and be like, "Oh yeah, that was a great year for movies." Wow, it's good to hear. Then um, let's get to it. I'll let you uh, start this time. All right, well, the number five best movie I saw in 2011 was Midnight in Paris, mm-hmm. uh, which surprised me. Uh, Woody Allen, I'm, I'm sort of an on-again, off-again fan. I, uh, I, his movies are usually pretty competent, but the recent ones have not been great that I've seen. Um, and I, so I watched this mainly, uh, I, started, I watched this over Christmas break, beginning our you know 2011 cram session. I'm like, ah, I have to get this in, It'll probably get nominated for something, I want to see it. Um, and I was surprisingly, surprisingly... Uh, surprised with it um owen wilson was great he actually makes woody allen's dialogue sound naturalistic which is really difficult to do um the story was great and when it actually took a little like i figured it was going to sort of i figured i knew where it was going to go and it was going to like get there and be fine and i would give this a seven or something no it actually took an interesting turn and as it got close to that i was like oh if he's going to do this and he did it and i was very very impressed with it um I recommend everybody go see it. It's one of his best movies for a long time, which is what everyone else is saying as well. Uh, so I gave it an eight. I liked it quite a bit. You know, you and I are exactly agreed on so much that, especially the you're talking about this twist and everything at the end too. Um, but there's so much good in this movie. I think this is a really, really great movie. Um, and it's the, every year I see a Woody Allen movie. You know, he makes one every year, right? Mm-hmm. Every year I see it. At the most, you know, it's a five or six. It's rare he drops below that. I think. Uh, but every every now and then, I will get something like Match Point, which I absolutely love, and mm-hmm. really really clicks for me. And I can see Woody Allen actually trying something different and kind of growing as a filmmaker too. And it's weird to, to say that about Woody Allen, but I think it's true. I think he's every now and then he discovers something about himself, and that's when he takes yeah. it a step further as a filmmaker. And, and you know, that's what this made this movie so good because you could tell what he was trying to say. Exactly, with it. It a very clear message. Exactly, and Midnight in Paris is one of those movies. It's a step forward for him, and it's for exactly what you said too. Because the end for me of Midnight in Paris is a revelation, Ryan. It's mm-hmm. and the funny thing is he doesn't try to hide it or sugarcoat it or anything. He, he has Owen Wilson's character just flat out say it. Like here is exactly what the problem was, and here's how it's been fixed. 
Yeah. And that works. And I think, for me, it really was a revelation. Like, sitting there, it's one of those things that I instantly connected with as well. And I'm like, he just, uh, what, however you felt about uh, what this character was going through, and even if you had this sort of thing in your own life, this is exactly how this would really looks, you know? Like, mm-hmm. this is it right here. Um, and it works so well because of that. Not only that, he's thrown in those nice little Woody Allen bits, too, uh, going all the way back to something uh, like Bananas or Andy Hall. Like, we have some old Woody Allen thrown in there uh, with the way he does this whole time-traveling thing. Yeah. Uh, and to see someone like Owen Wilson pull this off made it all the better. Uh, well, yeah, because, because he needed a win. Exactly right. And we were, I think, I don't know about you, but I was also thinking that there, there's no way Woody Allen can do a, a movie with Owen Wilson. Like, in my wildest dreams, that could have never, ever worked. And to see right. it work so well here is just great. Um, if if I had to net, you know, like pull stuff out about this movie, the small things, uh, there are two, there are you know, kind of the Woody Allen cliches are thrown in there too. Um, some characters really don't matter uh, that much, and he never really develops them as far as he should. Uh, mm-hmm. But to me, that doesn't matter uh, because I think this is a great movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I agree. Uh, so, so your number fifth movie, my number movie five, uh, which, like I said. Uh, this is one that I'm not super strong about. Just kind of tacked on the list and everything. Uh, I was happy to see this uh, made one other list. Um, although it was a top ten list, I think it was at number nine or ten. Uh, but I'm glad to see it got to that far. Uh, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I think uh, we didn't do this for Kubrick, but you and I both saw it, and we both kind of talked about it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's I think for me, it kind of it kind of comes in either like almost right below the third one or right on par of the third one. Uh, mm-hmm. We're still not to the quality of the first one, I don't think, and we're still way above the second one, which is nice. Uh, but it was a great time in the theater. It's one. Of, it's a fun Mission Impossible movie, uh, and they've kind of at this point the, the series has kind of found its groove and it's sticking to it. And I like that. Um, but yeah, like, you, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol got a seven for me. Seven. Okay, I actually I gave it a seven as well. I just uh, it was farther down my list, but I agree with you. I think when we don't do critical end, I think when we're like, hey, let's both go see the same movie, but not talk about it to the end of the year, we both give the same rating, which is weird. That's interesting. I wonder if there's some sort of like anticipatory. Well. Thing. I don't know. We always talk about how we never share our ratings until, you know, I say, like, oh, this is what I gave and you say this is what I gave. We never talk about right. this beforehand or anything. Uh, but yeah, Mission Possible Ghost Protocol number five for me. Yeah, uh, that was a great movie this year. I totally agree. Uh, you're number four. My number four, Captain America colon The First Avenger. I, I know uh, one or two people who will be incredibly happy to see that on someone's best of list. Uh, oh, good. I, I, um, I'm kind of happy to see it on there too, right? Because I had marked that off as one of the ones in the end show I want to talk about quickly, even though it didn't make my best or the worst. Uh, I actually I like Captain America a lot. I think that and um, and I kind of hasn't say this, but I'll go ahead and say anyway. X Men First Class are for me yeah. two of the two of the better superhero movies this year. X Men uh, First Class would have been probably number seven on top on the top yeah. ten. It was very close. Well, I'm glad to hear that's on there too someplace. Uh, but uh, no, uh, Captain America was a good one. I had a lot of fun, and um, you know I was talking about this whole popcorn feel for Mission Impossible. I got that for Captain America. Yeah, absolutely. And Captain America is another movie where it's sort of, it's interesting, it's done in the style, uh, partly of a modern, it's got a modern movie quality to it, like it's definitely a modern movie, but it's definitely done in the homage style to old 1940s war movies, which is such a great idea for Captain America. And they actually pull off all the important stuff about that character, to the point where I was reminded about stuff, you know, why I liked him in the beginning from the comics, like the whole idea of weak man gets power, and that's uh, important because the weak man knows the value of strength, you know, all that stuff. Um, and I loved it. The only thing, I would have given this a, a nine, perhaps, but uh, I thought the ending was such an obvious, like, well, we can't yes. end this because we're going to do Avengers. And we knew it was coming, too, yeah. Um, which I am excited about, by the way, after that Super Bowl ad. Um, 
But uh, but yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's great. It's a little anticlimactic, but I still gave it a high score of an eight. Uh, and I thought it was it was definitely one of the best movies I saw this year. Well, if um, Green Lantern is a prime example of how not to do an origin story, I think Captain America is a prime example of how to do one. And to some degree, uh, X-Men First Class as well. Uh, it kind of hits all the right notes as far as that goes. Um, and you're talking about this, this 40s style it has to it. Uh, that's something that you know Johnson's tried to do. Joe Johnson, the director, has tried to do before with Wolfman, and that worked for some people, didn't work for some people. But he finally like approached it and uh, I think perfected it with Captain America. Right. Um, he he delivered it the way he should have, and it was good. I don't know. It's a fun movie. I, I think he was the right choice to direct that film too. Well, and we'll talk about this again for my number one movie. But it's a good mixture of homage with acknowledgement of a modern sensibility to it. So I totally agree. Yep. And it it built on that. Uh, the whole Thor uh, Iron Man thing uh, in theaters mm-hmm. too, in a way that I actually liked. I, I think I told you if Thor it was distracting for me. Uh, mm-hmm. but this way, I, I think this movie did it really well. Um, yeah. But anyway, yes. So uh, Captain America, I, I really enjoyed that one this year as well. Glad to hear it's on your best of list. Absolutely. What's your number three? Uh, we have to number three already. No, my number four. I'm sorry, number four. Well, well, your number four is Captain America, right? We're, we're on the yes. right track here. Okay. Yes. Uh, my number three. Uh, we're okay. F- uh, I'm sorry. Now you're confusing the hell out of me. Uh, my number, <laughs> number four. One? <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number four this year. What's your social security number? Uh, was um, uh, Limitless. Now. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I think Limitless. Okay, is one that both surprised both of us in theaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's kind of like after the Adjustment Bureau, I was hesitant of any movie that trailer looked awesome for you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we had so many. We thought so many things about Limitless would not work. And it was kind of uh, almost the direct opposite for me. Everything about Limitless seemed to work for the most part. Uh, Bradley Cooper seemed well cast. I don't know if he could carry a whole movie like this uh, when it's not like a romantic comedy or something. But he did a great job, I thought. Yeah. Um, it's one of those movies that I can. I think it's it 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 kind of goes into that western like good, bad, and the ugly type feeling that it, like you leave like wanting to be a better man after you watch Limitless. Like it's it's kind of like one of those cool guy movies. Right. Um, it's really it's a really neat movie. I think. Uh, and I just rewatched it again recently. I bought the DVD. Um, and it still works so much of it, and it's it was still just as twisty as it was the first time I saw it. So I'll stand by Limitless, I think, in the future. And I uh, I gave it a seven when I first saw it, and it still gets a seven. Ends up on my top five of 2011. Well, that's great. I I gave it a six. I didn't I remember, yeah. um, connect with it quite as much, and I think you can go back and listen to that podcast. But uh, it's mostly because I felt like it petered out towards the end, and also it didn't deliver on all the things it set up, and it was sort of a morality tale with no moral. So, but, uh, you're right. Bradley Cooper was great in it. And I definitely, I, I mostly, when I think of that movie, I have fond memories of it. Um, even though it didn't make my top list. It's, it, it verges on style over substance. Um, yeah, which I, I think is, is one of your complaints here. Uh, mm-hmm. but for me, the style works. Uh, sure. That's, that's cool. Uh, okay. so yeah, you're, uh, you're number three, Ryan. We're getting to the big ones here. You're not going to like it. Uh Oh, go for it. You're not, you're not going to like it at all. My number three is Fright Night. Oh, I'm not going to like it. In fact, um, I, I have a few guest stars here in the studio who would like to have a few words with me too, Ryan. No, really? Okay, Ryan, we'll this is to... your mom! What? Don't mom? watch those R-rated movies, Ryan! That's not mom, what I want I... you to say, Mr. Georgie. No, but that is what she said when you tried to show the original Fright Night at my birthday. I, that's that? actually what I was about to lead into. <laughs> um, you're right, I was about to talk to your mom before I talked to you about this, Ryan. Well, could you please discuss that before the show and then talk to me about it? <laughs> if you want to have a fake conversation with your high voice self, <laughs> It's do your it mom! Oh. One of these days you'll fall for it. <laughs> Years of perfecting that voice, and you it. still know it's me. In my heart. Um, all right, I know you didn't like this, but I really did. Uh, I liked the original Fright Night a lot. We both do. 
Um, it's a great concept. It's a great uh, sort of comedic horror film. Uh, but you know, I think I forget what I gave the original. I think I gave it a seven or something. I liked it, but I was like, ah, there's some problems. It's a it's a little slow. I don't really like all the characters. Um, this is exactly what I want from a remake of Fright Night. It's the same basic concept. All the the things they changed about it are interesting and apply to making it more modern. And the acting and the performances and the funny stuff and the the scary stuff to a degree. It's mostly funny. Uh, worked really well for me. Now I'll confess that I just like David Tennant and every, anything. So mm-hmm. I thought seeing that was him, a bit of it for you. Yeah, um, it was great. Uh, he was great in that role. Um, but yeah, Colin Farrell as the vampire next door, really great. I love um, what's his name, the kid from Star Trek, Anton mm-hmm. Yelkin oh, yeah, or something. Too, yeah. It was great. Um, I just yeah, there wasn't much wrong with this movie. Um, I thought that um, yeah, actually. There wasn't too much wrong with it. I thought so. Oh, I'll tell you what was wrong with it. The vampire CG looked dumb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, no. I'm with you on that. Uh, and then there was a cup. There's one little backstory twist that was a little bit lame, but it was quick, so I didn't care. But yeah, overall, I gave it an eight. I thought it was pretty damn great. Well, this is one that I think deserves a whole critical in show because uh, <laughs> yeah. I have a novel I like to <laughs> like to read. Uh, no, I had so many problems with this movie uh, and so much of it didn't work for me. You're, ta- you're talking about like they're making it more modern that therefore makes it interesting. No, I think uh, so much of this is just that they dated the movie. Like uh, a lot of the stuff in this movie already doesn't seem like it matters so much anymore now as far as technology goes. Uh, for some reason, his shoes were important in the first act, but never again, uh, which reminded me uh, of kind of like uh, the horror movie uh, like when a stranger calls Ryan. Remember how important it was in the first act that she could run that mile in like five minutes or whatever? That's true. It never played off. And I was wondering, Which, like, I was already kind of, I don't like, remember the shoe thing at the all. The shoes, oh, that goes back to the whole modern thing. Like, let's update this. Kids love shoes. Let's make sure we talk about shoes a lot. Um, there's a couple of great shots at the beginning of just the shoes to establish that he goes out of his way to collect these rare shoes. Uh, Colin Farrell's Carol t- character actually asks him about that. His mom explains yeah, it to I, that character. I do remember that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That never, ever comes into pay. I figured, like, oh, these shoes are going to let him run fast, and there'll be a Nike commercial or something. Yeah. We didn't even get that sort of delivery of it. Um, reversing... A lot of it seemed like they were going the other way just to say, like, oh, hold on, we're, we're doing different things that you'll find interesting in this movie, which I guess worked for you, but didn't for me. Having uh, his uh, his best friend, who in this version doesn't even seem like they're that close, uh, it seems like oh, he's a Oh, but that nerd. was my favorite thing Having about his this. his best friend say, like, oh, your, next door, your neighbor is a vampire, blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't care about what his best friend thinks. He's not the main character. Like, I don't, I've, there's this issue with him and that and the, our main character not believing that. But that never, ever pays off because, like, our main character is so passe about the whole thing at the beginning. She's like, oh, whatever. Like, that's that doesn't work for me at all. Now, um, see, that was my favorite change because I don't know why those two guys would ever be friends in the original movie. Like, that guy's Ed in the original no, movie right. is just an annoying dink. Right. If you've seen any 80s movie, you'll understand why. Like, every yeah. we always had, like, the jock and the nerd, like, always hung out together or anything. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. But like, they when they updated it, they made it interesting by being like, yeah, they were friends as kids, and now he's grown out of them. Yeah, that, That's kind of an interesting dynamic, which creates tension between those characters. So when he comes back... You know, it's important. Well, I agree with you on that part. That Yeah, that that's interesting. But to have him be the one to say, like, oh, your next-door neighbor's a vampire, doesn't even matter. Because he's not even my main character. I'm not even following him. Like, I could care less what he has to say about the whole thing. It's just an information delivery dies. mechanism. Oh, it's just it how he work. learns. Instead, we're stuck with this character who doesn't even care if his next-door neighbor's a vampire for most of the movie. And when he finds out it is, it seems purely by accident. Even then... He's like, well, I guess I'll follow these rules. The rules which... Uh, we have this great scene that involves uh, revolves entirely around a six-pack of beer... It was like, great. Oh man, I this doesn't that. work. Uh, Colin Farrell has pretty much admitted he just did this, mo- this movie for a paycheck. Uh, he said that he hadn't done a movie in a while. He just took the first thing that came along and happened to be Friday Night for the most part. 
there's but e- he was great in it. There's even some. Uh, we had uh, Christopher Guest. No, not Christopher Guest. Who do we have in the first one? Um, Chris Sarandon. Mm-hmm. Chris Sarandon. Yeah, the first he, one. He was cameo isn't uh yeah who came as a, a great cameo too at one point mm-hmm. uh uh still looks pretty good too um is a nice suave vampire but now we're given the twilight years uh sexy overly creepy vampire that i can't see why anyone in their right mind would fall for and keep my i watch this with four girls and they all absolutely agree on the same fact they're like he's a vampire and he's a creepy pedophile next door neighbor no, that's, see, that's the thing, though, is that it's the same way that Chris Sarandon was creepy in the first movie. No, it's just updated. No, he's suave in the it's first the same movie. Like, level I, I fell for Chris Sarandon, Ryan. Let's be honest, Colin Farrell's a lot better looking than Chris Sarandon is. Uh, but not only that, there's stupid cheats, too. They're like, okay, hold on, I can't come in your house, but what if I blow up your house? You don't have a house, and I can come and do whatever I want. Well, if you start throwing that logic, the vampire can pretty much do whatever they want in the first place, then. Um, things like that are stupid. I mean, it, it it's so much of it doesn't work, and... Then they throw in this like twist in the third act where uh, I not I mean honestly like I really don't care about giving much away in this movie so I'm just a flat say say like oh this still happens to be the vampire that killed my family I'm like what are the odds of that though come on yeah that was the only part I thought was lame um, furthermore I mean I could I could get in the further stuff of this and I think what in the end right it won't matter because uh, this is like it worked for, for you it didn't work for me type thing you know. Uh, yeah I mean I think that you're kind of nitpicking to be honest. No with no you, but... it's not nitpicking at all this is someone who. Uh, if I have to be honest about this, it's just that I grew up with the original. I have this great fond memory and love of the original now still. Uh, and to see it kind of like ravaged in this way. And uh, you know that, and you actually said, I think already uh, in the show, that this is one I was really excited about too. So mm-hmm. I went in this movie already loving it. I remember like the first five minutes, like doing the typical remake thing of opening on a big exciting action blood and guts scene is cool. And it worked so well. And, like I had this big smile on my face and they smash cut to Fright Night and everything. I'm like, this is going to work. This is so awesome yeah. right here. And then it instantly started falling apart for me. Um, I know, so much of this didn't work, and like I said, it went. It seemed to me like they were just trying too hard to go out of their way to change things from the first film, uh, to such an extreme that it just didn't click at all. Like I had no clue what they were doing. By the time they arrived at Friday Night, being this magic show that we never even see, and that the the uh, the main uh, the guy the um, the David Tennant guy doesn't even seem to care about at all. Uh, who also gets a complete character reversal where I don't even feel like he learned anything. I just think I feel like he became a different person all of a sudden at the end. Um, I don't know. So much of this movie did not work. And while it was not bad enough to end up on my top five, it was a three out of ten for me. Um, that is batshit crazy. And I can't see any of that. And what uh, so much... Well, it's my love for the first one is what it is, Ryan. It's, well, yeah, but that's a separate movie. It's Well, it, it's one of those... This is one of those things, though, where it's like... I mean, this is a remake of another movie. And this falls into the category of, like, don't remake it if this is what you're going to do. Like, the, the first one did everything fine. Stick with that. And this is someone who was excited about a Friday Night remake as well. Um, uh, I felt this needed an update. And this... Honestly, this movie never would have been remade. It never would have gotten an update if not for vampires being all big right now. Um, and if you want to see like a movie where they they uh, they did something new with vampires that works, uh, what was that? You know, um, go see Daybreakers. Is that the name of that movie? I can't remember. The name Don't of the movie see now. Daybreakers before you see this. No, no, I tell you, yeah, go see Daybreakers. And Daybreakers, you know, is mediocre to me. It didn't even make like my best of that year or anything. Like yeah, that. Um, but at least it did something original. With vampires. Uh, this I felt was a step back, if anything. But no. I did not have a good time Friday night. Um, and after you and I had this short discussion about this movie, I did some research. I've found that uh, people who love the first one are falling on both ends of this. Um, There are a lot who agree with Ryan who think, you know, they still love the first one, but they think this was a good update. Um, And then there are a bunch that just absolutely hate it. So uh, chances Uh are if you have seen the first one, you like it a lot, you'll probably fall on either end. Um, If you don't, if you haven't, 
if you either have not seen the first one, um, or you don't remember, or you know, you vaguely remember the first one, chances are you'll probably like this movie, I bet. Because um, it's, you know, it's interesting, moves fast enough to keep you, uh, to, it's never boring or anything, I guess. Mm-mm. Yeah. Um, but no. All right. It, it didn't make my worst stuff, though, so I'm not, like, it's instantly forgettable bad, if anything, for me. All right. Uh, but, Ryan, this, to me, is for the proof you did not see enough movies this year. No, not uh, at all. Friday Night you, is, your, I... is your number three. Ouch. Yeah, I've got, but I've got, I, I've got eights I didn't even use. I got, I got a, so, <laughs> I got, a lot of solid movies here. I got here. nines out the wazoo, Logan. Yeah. What are you going to do with them? Um, so, uh, no, okay. Fright Night is, is, is number three best movie of the year. Throw some of your What's your three? Eights my way at the end. I want to hear some more then. I want to hear what didn't make the cut if this is the case. All right. Um, but Fright Night was an eight from you? Yeah. Wow, shocking. Um, my number three. Uh, which goes into that Fright Night category of uh, like Logan guilty pleasure movies I've always kind of liked. Uh, I don't I don't recommend this on anyone. Uh, as I was about to say, I don't wish this upon anyone. But I do. Like if if you think this is the movie for you, go see it because chances are you'll love it just as much as I did. Uh, but I, Ryan, you should not expect me to stand up for this movie in any way. Uh-huh. Um, we were talking about I do my go number on. three movie of the year, C Spot Run Two. Um, no. Uh, yeah, I, can't, my, I believe yeah, it for yeah. a second. Uh, no, no, no. This is actually this has a lot going for it. It was a huge hit in its native country. Uh, played to I think just Logan and a few members of his family here in America. Uh, but Johnny English Reborn ah, uh, yes. was absolutely wonderful film. Uh, better than the original. Uh, any chance to see Rowan accent in a starring role on the screen is something that I would pay dearly for any amount speaking of Speaking full sentences. Um, speaking full sentences, exactly right. And, you know, it was an improvement over the original, too. Uh, the original, I just gave a seven. And so much that's, like, honestly, when I, when I watched that movie, even I remember leaving the theater seeing Johnny English and thinking, like, you know, it's really just kind of a five or six. But it has to get a seven for me because I was so excited about that. And that's what Johnny English, like, improves on all that. It's gone or, like, the kitty like, fart jokes and everything. And we're getting more of this, uh, like, great, fast-paced uh, dialogue. Um, and there's some cool action stuff, too. Now that, you know, John English has been reborn, he's actually a really good uh, James Bondish type uh, secret spy. Huh. Uh, and he's, he's up on the action and everything, and it's, there's some great fight scenes and whatnot. But it's a really good movie. Uh, it improves on the formula of the original. Uh, and it's a good comedy, too. And I, I can say that I didn't see many good comedies this year, Ryan. This was a great one. Neither did I. I had not seen it. I wanted to. Uh, I know you, you mentioned it to, to me, but I didn't get around to it. Well, the party um, when it comes out. It comes out later this month on DVD. Uh, all right, cool. Johnny English Reborn was an eight for me. Uh, great times. I'm like honestly, like if I hadn't seen it, it probably would still been in my top five. <laughs> yeah. Just so just because it exists that sounds this about year. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, although I want to point out though, Ryan, that there was a Chevy movie this year, and I gave it a three out of ten. So that rule isn't always true. I'm kind of exaggerating on that, but what was it? Um, not another, not another movie. You might have heard oh, about this. He movie. was in that. Oh yeah, yeah. And for what's worth, he's funny, and, he, and you know, he was the three out of ten, if anything. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. But he's not even. The funny thing, he's not actually in the movie. It's one of those uh, mockumentaries, and so a lot of it's just kind of like talking head stuff where they're interviewing people, mm-hmm. and he really is not in the movie. It's like they just interviewed Chevy Chase, and then later on they're like, let's just put this in the movie. Uh, so that's, that's kind of cool. That's weird. Uh, but absolutely terrible movie, though, let me see. Burt Reynolds was in that, too. What's happened to him? Well, he was in a great video game this year, but that's a different podcast. Burt Reynolds was? Yeah. I want to play himself any... in Saints Row the Third. It was amazing. Oh, okay. That sounds pretty cool. I want to see. Mm-hmm. I'm going to play a video game starring Burt Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. Where's my Smokey and the Bandit game? Why haven't they made that? Think about that. Think uh, about I got it. lost in, in shipping. Yeah. Uh, so the what? truck uh, <laughs> overturned. All right. My number two mm-hmm. movie of the year should not surprise anybody, yeah. was The Muppets. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, there was, we could talk a little bit. We didn't do a show on it, did we? We could talk a little no. bit about 
the things that didn't quite work with it. Um, it was sort of a, a fan insertion movie, which is a little weird. You could tell how much Jason Segel loves the Muppets, and I, which is great. I think you bought them that bit easier than I did, too. Uh, yeah. I, I, um, as soon as you but, said that to me, like the fan insertion movie, like I, I clicked with what, what worked. I was like, okay, I can see that. That's cool. Go ahead. Yeah. But I also mean that sort of derogatorily because it's like, so you know, you're thinking about that more than actually making a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of great nostalgia stuff in it. But um, the overall story worked really well. The callbacks worked really well. You can argue there wasn't enough main Muppet action because it focused on Walter. But honestly, I thought it was great. I welled up and nearly cried three times during the movie. And I thought it was uh, the funniest Muppet movie uh, in forever. So uh, it was a great return to theaters. I'm glad it made money. I'm hoping they uh, keep doing them. Oh, yeah. And I wouldn't mind seeing a, another one that was more focused on the actual main Muppet gang. But uh, I liked it a lot. Well, it uh, actually made a buttload of money. Mm-hmm. And they've already, oh, excuse me, Disney you knows will cash in on that sort of thing any chance they get. And what's most interesting to me is I like to see where they, where they go from here. Uh, because, you know, we had that, we won't get into this, but we had that whole behind-the-scenes drama and everything with that came with that film. Mm-hmm. Uh, to see, so to see if they'll actually get back to more of what we ex- not what we expect from the Muppets, but if they'll try and carry on with the Muppets, the movie did. Um, the Muppets is what I'm trying to say. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm still stuck in this terrible the, title they the have. Muppets. The Muppets, yeah. Because uh, whenever I talk about, it, like people are always kind of like, what? You, which movie are you talking about? Uh, if they try and if they try and carry on what the Muppets did, as well as kind of throwing in what the people want to, what you know, the uh, the old Muppet guys like want to see in a Muppet movie and everything, and what they feel like uh, was missing from the Muppets. Yeah, I, I mean, know. it's funny because the a lot of fans who are around my age, you know, I we have a great reverence for the original uh, Muppet Show course, era yeah. and all that stuff. But it's been so long uh, since Frank Oz left and Jim Henson died that it's like, okay, but I really like Gonzo and Pepe and some of those characters that have become oh, yeah. more in the forefront since then. And they were not really in the movie. Um, That's true. It's, it shows that Jason Segel, you know, after the original Muppet trilogy stopped watching the Muppets. But anyway, yeah. uh, still a super strong film. Um, no, I enjoyed the Muppets. Uh, definitely won't make my best or the worst this year. Uh, I, I guess what what I just said about like, a follow up film is kind of what I what I hope comes from this. Um, this is the same feeling I had of Sherlock Holmes. It's a movie that everyone told me was really good and that I probably should like. Uh, by all means, I really should like this movie. But in the end, like I'm more excited about a sequel than I am this movie. Um, Did you see that sequel? No, I still haven't seen that movie. That's funny, yeah, isn't it? Do you remember doing that show? I was like, oh, you know, yeah. this movie's just kind of so-so. The sequel's going to be great. The sequel's kind of awesome. And from yeah. what I've read, they did everything in the sequel that I wanted them to do. They dropped the whole Supernatural thing and all that. Uh, but, I don't know. <laughs> That's a whole different movie, though. Um, so my number one movie of the year, Sherlock Holmes 2. That's so weird. I wouldn't have expected uh, No, no, no. I'm glad to see the Muppets on your list. And I, I, honestly, like I was expecting that would come in number one. So I will totally be surprised if you're number one movie, right? It would have. But there was a late game change, Logan. Uh oh. Uh, well, my number two. What's your number two? Really quick. Uh, once again, I won't surprise anybody. But Super Eight. Uh, mm. This is a movie I definitely liked, uh, and you know we we saw it, we did the show, and then Ryan it grew. Like this this movie like it planted a seed in my head, and it kind of built from there to the point that it's like as soon I bought it the day it came out on DVD. Run. I can't remember the last time I did that for any movie. Um, and I and did you? You were just as happy when you saw it again. And I was happier, honestly. Like I upped my rating. Um, I really, really, really liked Super Eight. Um, I said when we started doing this list that there were two of my lists that I feel really strong for this year, and Super Eight's one of those two. That would be my number one. Uh, I really enjoyed Super Eight, and it's one of those movies that, much like E.T. and Ian Jones, any of that stuff that I was trying to be a throwback to, 
uh, it it did that to me because like as soon as I bought a DVD, I instantly had that party. Where, like I wanted to show it to everybody, you know. Right. Um, and I I and you know I can see where this wouldn't work for so many people because uh, so much of this movie re- relies on nostalgia. Uh, and that kind of like that old school movie feeling again, being a kid again, and all that. And I, I got that, and it planted seed, and it just grew, Ryan. I had it even more the next time I saw it. So it's interesting. I got into, you gave this an eight. Is that what you said? I gave it an eight. Yes. I had a um, argument about this with somebody recently, or more of a debate about because they didn't like it, and I said, "Look, I, there's stuff wrong with this movie." I gave it a seven. I, you know, I, right? I remember the show, and I, I agree. With you, there is stuff wrong with this movie, and there's, I think, there's tremendous flaws too. But uh, the biggest being, it's really schmaltzy. Um, but I don't know if you agree. My feeling on it was, um, it's schmaltzy, but it makes that clear pretty much right up front. Oh, and so if, as long as you're willing to go with it, the execution is brilliant. Well, you got to me, Ryan, because that's exactly what I was about to say with that. I think the mm-hmm. movie kind of declares what it is early enough on that you just follow it from there. My, you know, if I have any flaws in the movie, it's the same stuff I said before that, uh, in some ways I think it, it holds onto its secret a bit too long to the point that you're like, okay, just kind of give it up already, Abrams, you know? Like, I, yeah. you have my money and everything. Just show me. Get around to it. Uh, to the point that, like, at the end, you know, the last ten minutes really kind of reveal what's actually going on in the movie. And that's a little too long to wait for that. That is thing. probably the worst part um, of the movie. In fact, yeah, the third part, of, the third act relies more on the heavy action the kids are getting involved in more than the twist. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, you know, that could be some bad plot and device or whatever. But Super 8 works for all the nostalgic reasons I just mentioned. Uh, and it's one of those movies that makes me feel like a kid again. I leave the theater with that bounce in my step, Ryan. Well, that's great. Well, uh, shall I reveal my number one movie of the year? Let's get to it. I've been waiting. Number one movie of the year, Logan, mm-hmm. uh, was the also probably, let's scan down the list here, yeah, the best comedy I saw this year. Okay. I didn't see many good comedies. Um, but that's not to say that there aren't uh, non-comedic elements in this movie, because it gets dark at times as well. Uh-huh. Um, it is an Oscar-nominated film, and it is my only nine of the year, The wow. Artist. Okay, great. Um, that's funny. I uh, I want a quick review of the artist from you in a second, uh, mm-hmm. but I wanted to see the artist. Like I said, um, I don't even think it's open wide enough to play here for me to see it. Um, I was in a unique circumstance. Uh, a friend of mine I was is in, in the SAG. Movie and... Yeah, a friend of mine is in SAG, and she'd already seen it, so she let me have her code to get the free iTunes rental that, that SAG uh, members get. That's you should not admit this because like, people <laughs> <laughs> people lose Oscars over this, Ryan. That's true. She probably won't get an Oscar. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, no, no. Like I said, you know, I'm sad I didn't see the the, uh, the artist. I wanted to, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but quickly, let me say that uh, everything I've I've heard about this movie from actual people, not like critics and not like you know people who work for the Academy or whatever, is that it falls in that black swan care uh, category. That um, everyone's saying these amazing things, and you go see it, and it doesn't. You don't quite understand why why the appeal. Like, what is it about this movie that people are saying like this is absolutely amazing? It's it's everything about it works. So why the nine, Ryan? This I, I love this, by the way. Go ahead. I feel like you're gonna like it too. Um, it is a silent film. If you haven't heard, as I mean, I know you have, but it's a silent film, and it's also uh, does not rely very much on interstitial titles as much as possible. They just have characters talking, and you just, you understand what's going on because of the body language. Only when they actually need to reveal something that's hard to express that way do they put up a title. Right. Um, it is a love letter to old films, not just silent films, but films of like the 30s and 40s as well. Um, and it plays so perfectly on that stuff. Like the main actor uh, has this perfect, who plays an actor, he plays a silent film actor, has this perfect bravado uh, that's like very Gene Kelly, very sort of 
uh, Cary Grant a little bit. Um, and it's like, you don't need any of the titles. You know exactly what's going on just based on his body language, which is so interesting and cool to watch. And then mixed in with that is all these great callbacks to how movies worked back then. Like the, the, uh, they have sh- like shots of people just like reacting to things or, uh, clapping and laughing in this weird way that's just framed in a way that it's, it's exactly what you would expect from a movie that old. And it's very, it's cool to see. It's like an interesting homage, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's got some incredibly funny, awesome, like slapsticky sort of like, but very subtle scenes that had me laughing out loud at several points in the film, which was kind of rare because I, I can't say that about really almost any other film on this list. It's supposed to be a comedy. Right. Um, and it, without words, tells a really poignant, touching story hmm. that is it's funny, it's sad, it's really cool. And it's, I would liken it to something like Singing in the Rain meets Citizen Kane without words. Not necessarily the quality of those two movies, but the concept, the feel of those yeah, two yeah. movies. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, um, well, anyway, so it gets a nine for me. I highly recommend it. I would be very surprised if you didn't at least like it. Uh, well, I really, really hope uh, that I'll like the artist that much, too. Um, and that once said, I, I, I regret... Now I've really built it up where you'll well, hate it now. No, no, I regret not, not having seen it. I mean, it, honestly, it seems like a movie I'd like, but it's not a movie... It's I'm, I'm kind of with people this. It seems like a movie I'd like, but nothing I'd find special about it, you know? But it sounds to me like there is something special there based on your review. Um, and like I said, I regret not seeing it, uh, but I'm super excited to hear that it's a nine from you. Um, well, I'll say this, and I don't know if this is riveting too much, but I it was an eight for me for the entire film, and then the last literally like four seconds of it made it a nine. Right. Um, well, I, I can only hope it'll be a nine for me as well. Because, uh, you know, why would I not want to see a great movie, obviously? Absolutely. Um, and it sounds like, to me, like it's a great movie. Uh, so, I guess in future shows or whatever, bring it up. And if I, if, when, you know, whenever I see it, I'll tell you what I thought. Yeah, we definitely want to, I need to talk about it when you, when you see it. But yeah, uh, do I, I want to see the artist. Recording. Well, see, don't, don't judge it not being on my list, but from the fact that I haven't seen it, obviously. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I could have just made up movies to put on my list. Like, uh, Logan's Day Out was a great film this year. Oh, I love Logan's Day Out. I'm sorry. Actually, I gave that a five, so it's, <laughs> it is on my... It's okay. I gave it a three. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, my my number one, uh, and if you rewind the show back, you'll hear why for all the reasons I mentioned, uh, is Midnight in Paris. Um, ah. I, I absolutely love this movie. Uh, like I said, I, I think a revelation is the best way to describe this. And it it's was a twist ending. It was that for me, and so much of it worked. And it's funny because it's kind of the artist feel that you said, that... It was going along at a seven for so long, and then like that final bit at the end uh, pushed it to an eight, and that's that was just it was great. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a great movie. Um, it's definitely a must see this year, whether you like Woody Allen or not. I think there's something in this movie you'll like. Um, yeah, I totally agree. The funny thing about Midnight in Paris is you know it it points out that nostalgia isn't always the best thing to lean on, okay? Mm-hmm. And that there's reasons why nostalgia is a bad thing. At the same time, you know, it's something that it's it's a good, it's okay to hold on to these things, right? Just don't make it your life, okay? Mm-hmm. It's funny that that's my number one movie. And then when you think about everything that I liked about Super Eight, was so, relied so heavily on nostalgia, <laughs> and that was my number two movie. Uh, so there's, I think there's two extremes there, and they both work. Cause it, I think that's, you're a well-rounded it's, individual. It's kind of funny. You're right that one made number one and one made number two. But I really like Midnight Paris. I think it's a great movie, and uh, I think the artist perhaps is getting to the point now where maybe more and more people can see it. But I think most people at this point who were interested went and saw Midnight in Paris, uh, and it seems like I think most people agree. I'm glad to see it's in your top five as well. Um, we both see it like in our top five are two big Oscar contenders. Even though I think the artist is pretty much the shoe in here. Um, yeah, I I I was actually kind of surprised because I knew there was a silent film before seeing it, and I was like, okay, this is the kind of movie that like we'll get a lot of indie darling type right. buzz, but I don't see it actually going, you know, 
getting nominated or maybe getting nominated, but I don't see it actually having a huge chance. So when I heard that people were like, yep, it's definitely the front runner. I was like, oh, that's weird. I can see why though, after seeing it. Well, it'd be cool though. Uh, to say, Ryan, that you, like, your favorite movie of the year was actually the best picture winner. You know what I mean? Like, to, to have that there yeah. already where you can root for that movie. Now, when was the last time you could say that you really, really, really liked the best picture winner, you know? Like, that was your favorite uh, movie of the year. Slumdog Millionaire, which was, like, three years ago. Yeah, was that? Two years ago. I can't remember that top five list now, but uh, I don't know. I still have not seen that movie. I don't think it was my number one that year. Mm-hmm. But it was my number one Oscar movie, definitely. Yeah. Of, the, of all the other Oscar films, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, this is a whole different ballgame, right? This is of your five personal favorite films, one of which is Friday Night, which we know won't make any like Oscar-type nominations. Oh, I, I think no. it was. <laughs> We're past the announcement. So like, oh, hold on, oh. a late announcement. This is Billy Crystal. <laughs> Friday Night wins all the Canada. Who knows? In the middle of yeah. the show, he gets a card. <laughs> um, but, you know, you know, like the, like the artist is actually one that you personally chose, and that could be the best picture one. That's pretty cool, though, right? Yeah, I'm excited about that. Uh, so, and I definitely, I didn't do it because it was an Oscar-nominated film. Yeah, I just, just like right, right. The same reason I'd like to see the artist. Yeah. Um, so I'll anyway. stick this out hopefully before Oscar night. Well, let's uh, let's do a few quick rundowns, and we'll drop the big bomb on them uh, with our total numbers and our average of the year. Always the biggest one, the average of the year. Okay. All Which right. I'm guessing yours is going to be pretty high here, uh, but we'll get to it. Uh, starting from the tops, Ryan. So I guess like from your nines and working down to your fives, which are your lowest or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. Any quick ones you want to throw out there? Yeah, um, 50-50 okay. uh, was really great. Good stuff. Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you get to see that? I did not, no. It's, honestly, like, I wasn't interested in it, so it didn't make That's, That's a, well, a good example. I'm trying, I'm kind of avoiding the Seth Rogen, especially the Seth Rogen dramedy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's mostly a Joseph Gordon-Levitt show, and I like him a lot, which is where a lot of this rating comes from. This is a, one of those movies that can either go, it can go either way depending on the acting, because it's all just basically performance. It's just like, it's it's just like you go to see how this character is going to deal with this difficult situation. Right. And it's got just enough story to keep it going. Okay. Uh, but I thought it was great. All the performances were great. And so what, it, what was um, the rating on that? Eight. Okay. And it gave a an interesting look on a subject, cancer, that I had not thought about. So I liked it. Uh, da, 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 da. What's my other eight? There was another eight here somewhere. Oh, X-Men First Class was the other eight. Oh, I forgot it was an eight from you. We did a show on that one, yeah. too. Um, great movie okay. great rebooting of the X-Men franchise um, really fun James McAvoy and uh, Fassbender make the film which is what I was hoping for when I got there that there would be something interesting between those two characters and they delivered it's there so, yeah okay uh, totally worth seeing any other quick mentions that maybe weren't as high but you'd still like to, to yeah, throw out yeah uh, on, the, on the sevens I've got uh, Descendants uh, Moneyball both pretty good Oscar movies uh Nothing too much to say about either of those since we're getting this quick. I will say as a number as a number seven, which I almost hoped that I would be able to somehow get into the top five, was Real Steel. Did you see it? No. Oh wow, you give that a seven. Surprisingly wow. good. Wow. No, I. Uh, it looks. It looked. Uh, I won't say surprisingly bad. It just looked flat out bad. Um, I nah. was delighted by it. I, that was one of my best to avoid type movies, but I'm I'm happy to hear. Delighted is a good word, so I'm happy to hear it. I think you might like it. I, mostly, Hugh Jackman is, is very charming in it. And it's just like, it's basically just Rocky. Like, the plot is Rocky, essentially. Yeah. And there's robots, and I don't see what's wrong with that. Um, but I, I will say that I I didn't actually take them up on this, but I got an email from AMC. You know, they do this, like, email, you know, uh, email promotion stuff. And they it was, I was having a really bad day at work. Uh-huh. And I got this email, and it was like, uh, tonight what you have to do is enjoy real steel with a free Slurpee. And I was like, that sounds amazing right now. <laughs> so maybe I was already prepped to like it. Yeah, but yeah. I ended up seeing it later. <laughs> okay. I missed out on the free Slurpee. Uh, Planet of the Apes was seven for me. Yeah, I got, I got uh, the same rating. 
Conan O'Brien Can't Stop was a seven. It was a six for me. Cool. Bridesmaid, seven. Harry Potter was a seven. We talked about that. Super eight. Wait, which Harry we Potter? Talked about. Wait, hold on. The, part guess, two. Yeah, part two is not what I came out this year. Okay, right, yeah. uh, Horrible Bosses was a six. Um, uh, hold on, wait, wait, wait. Slow down here. Uh, Horrible Bosses was a five for me. We're about average there. Go ahead. Okay. Drive, I know you didn't get a chance to see, One, uh, was a six. I wanted to like it a lot more, and it was executed very well, but it was a lot of boring shots of nothing. Yes, I've and heard this about this movie. Was Albert Brooks as awesome as everyone's saying? Yes, he was. Okay, he was very good. Sounds good. Go ahead. So was Brian Cranston. Um, and the boring shots, you have to earn that, but they do it right away. And it's like, I don't know this guy yet. I don't care what he's thinking. And frankly, I don't see him thinking much of anything. All right. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Hangover part two was a six. Didn't see it. Red state, which I really wanted to like more was a six. Yeah. I hear uh, mediocre things about that. Yeah. I love the concepts. Kevin Smith delivers the first half and then he decides he wants to make a different movie, the latter half and it doesn't work out. Cowboys and aliens. We talked about six hobo with a shotgun was a six. So I, I, uh, I think that was a four from me. It ended up being like a title that was awesome and not much else. That was a movie that I have to confess I was really tired while watching, and I kind of gave it extra points because I was like, I think I remember this being really good. Is tired a uh, code for drunk and horny? No. Well, I mean, you know, yes, but. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't actually. It's, everything's a code for drunk and horny for you, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adjustment Bureau is sick. I'm skipping the ones that we talked about in the show. Yeah, cool. The roommate was a six, and the mechanic was a five. So, mm-hmm. all right. Uh, well, quickly right now, mine, a few more I was excited about. Uh, Chillerama uh, was oh, yeah. my, the most buzzed Logan movie this year. I've told everyone about Chillerama. And at the same kind of surprised time, that wasn't in your top I five. I tell people not to see it uh, because I'm like, I, I play, I, for an hour I spent, Ryan, talking about this movie, right? And then afterwards I'm like, but don't see it because I want to show it to you. Oh, you have to come <laughs> show it to me. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll bring it up there when I come. Uh, Chillerama is a absolute fun time. I had not seen the theaters, but I like pulled a theater experience in my own house. And like it was that being said, I it's one of the, the most fun you'll have in the theater all year, Ryan. Like it's a great movie, um, hilarious. Other than Fright Night, of course. Everything, yeah. Other than Fright Night, uh, everything about that movie uh, works super well. Uh, enough to give it a seven out of ten. And it's one of those that over the years, I'm sure it'll build up slowly to the point that I'm super embarrassed. I gave it like a nine out of ten. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. a seven. I think it's well deserved. I think everyone will have a fun time with that. Uh, but no, it's not deserving one of the best movies of the year, though. Honestly, uh, I, I'd be hard pressed to say. Um, a few other quickly, uh, Contagion. Uh, I, I, I want to see that. I liked as a throwback to those '70s big star, you know, ensemble cast and uh, and peril type stories. Uh, like I, a disaster movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Okay. Um, it's something. Uh, my quick uh, Contagion story that's quite funny is uh, actually I woke up. This is the last movie I saw uh, for 2011, Ryan. Uh, and so I like I woke up early in the morning, right before I was gonna put my 2011 list together. I was like, okay, let me get Contagion on the way, and I'll be done for the year, right? This morning? Uh, no, no, it wasn't this morning, whatever. Oh, okay. uh, a few days ago. Well, you know, it was early in the morning, so I grab a banana, you know, I start eating it, and I read all the stuff that... Logan, do not talk about that. That's not <laughs> appropriate for this podcast. <laughs> it, like, I, I read all the stuff about how, like, it'll have you running for the Perel, and, assume, like, next time you hear someone cough, you'll be, you know, you'll run the other way, too, and everything, but... Sure. So I'm eating my banana, and, like, instantly, like, Tim, it's, it's one of those movies that kind of starts right away, Ryan, and it, like, doesn't let up for a while. Uh, like, instantly, I'm just kind of already regretting this banana, right? And the movie wears on. I'm like, oh, this banana might have been a bad choice. I'm not feeling this at all. And let me just say, when we finally get to the end of the movie, Ryan, and it reveals not so much like a twist, but like really the origins of the virus. Uh-huh. Let me just say it has to do with a banana. <laughs> I'm not kidding. And I've told stories to several people. Like, you're making that up. Like, no, really. It had to do with a banana. Like, what were the odds of that? And so I was throwing up for a while. Uh, but I do that anyway after I eat bananas. 
Yeah, of course. Um, no, that's no, what Contagion. Uh, I had a great time with it's. There's almost no character in there uh, at all, but there's a lot of plot. I mean, honestly, there's way too many people to have too much character for anybody, but uh, yeah. it's cool. I have seven. Uh, Rise of the Planet Apes. Nice surprise. I think we both gave a seven. Is what we said. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the documentary standpoint, uh, real quick though, uh-huh. before we get off Planet of the Apes, sure. do you? So people are actually like having this campaign, which is not going to obviously happen. Didn't not happen, but uh, to like get Andy Circus like nominated for something oh, yeah. because it didn't happen. He, but yeah, right. Right, performed. Uh, did he just perform Caesar? Or did he perform the other monkeys too? Uh, he did perform some of the other monkeys, but I can't say he performed all of them. Yeah, Caesar for sure, though, right? And they want to nominate for Caesar, just like Gollum, Smeagol, that sort of thing. So, real quick, what is your opinion on that? Because I like, think that on the one hand, I totally agree, but on the other hand, I feel like there's a lot of other hardworking people who made that happen. See, I, I like, I'm, we're exact. This is why you and I like. When it comes down, we can argue about something on Friday night, but in the end, Ryan, you and I agree over like the basis of movies, and I'm sure. like you, I'm completely torn here too. To like. I don't want to like honestly. I don't want to take sides. If it happens, good for him. Like I'm, you know, I'm glad it happened for him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of like you know, I'm not like super into technology and everything, but it's kind of an argument. I want to see when. I want to see something happen with the Oscars, some sort of big shakeup like that, maybe. Yeah. Um. So you know, if it happens, cool. But on the other side, if it never happens, I won't care. You know, like I'm like it's cool and everything. But you're right. There's so many people like working on this behind the scenes too to make this work and everything. Yeah. Um, but if you believe people like Zemeckis and now, you know, Peter Jackson's Spielberg are kind of saying the same thing, all movies are going to go this way eventually. Uh, I don't so think what that's we, no, true. These are, well, you yeah, got people like James Cameron, Ryan, are telling us 3D is a future. I still don't think that's, look at the artists, like, that's so not James the case. Cameron, he's moved on to, like, 60 frames a second is a future. So we have to have more frames in your <laughs> eyes! <laughs> frames in your eyes! <laughs> um, like, okay, fine. Yeah, no, I see, I'm with you on that. Like, honestly, like, none of these people can predict the future of films, etc. But I think the way films are is kind of how they're going. They've been that way forever. And I, the artist, like I said, is a good example of that. People still want that, you know? That's why we're, not every movie is ever going to progress to something completely new. Yeah. Uh, All right. But no, no, I'm I'm down the middle of that for you, uh, with you. Uh, sticking with the sevens, really quick. Uh, Morgan Spurlock, I think is his name. Uh, this year, he gave us the greatest movie ever sold. Uh, his best since Super Size Me. A great film about product placement. Uh, and the joke being, of course, that the whole film is funded by product placement. Mm. Um, is really funny. He pulls off well. It's a love. He's a lovable guy. What can I say? You know. He is. Um. Jumping into sixes, uh, I have to say, you mentioned Anton, whatever his name is, in Fright Night. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, a better movie for him this year, and a movie worth seeing for uh, for curiosity reasons, would be The Beaver. Um, oh, I did not see yeah, that. Yeah, uh, it's only a six, uh, but a lot of that movie works. You know, there are tears in my eyes and everything. It's a great return for Mel Gibson in a way, but I, it's a step in a return for Mel Gibson. I think you he, welled up a little bit. I think, yeah, a little bit. I think he can do a lot more. And Antonio plays his son in that. He does a great job. Uh, there's a good cast all around. Jenny Foster, who I usually don't like, is doing pretty good too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also like flat out hilarious at points as well so you know it's just worth mentioning in passing uh, uh other movies i didn't think i'd like uh hall pass um did not think i'd like that uh, so much owen wilson yeah we're looking at other owen wilson movies this year that you know midnight in paris and hall pass came out the same year ryan this is that year this is what, 2011 uh, what'd you give hall pass uh, hall i'm pass, adding it to my netflix queue right now hall pass i gave it six out of ten this is what the Fairley okay. brothers um that sounds about right. Who uh, like and have done have either been like super terrible, like their um, their remake of oh the Charles Grodin movie. What am I thinking of? Uh, the Charles Grodin movie version is really good. Neil Simon. Uh, what am I? Do- oh, uh, the not the lonely guy. No. Um. Oh, that was Charles Grodin and Neil Simon as well. Good, good call. Uh, yeah. I I don't know. Anyway, the uh, oh the Heartbreak Kid. There we go. Uh, yeah, they're remaking the Heartbreak Kid being an example of absolutely terribleness. Uh, but then you know, every now and then they'll do something like, and I, you know, I hate to admit it, but like stuff like Dumb and Dumber and Kingpin is funny. 
and they'll get back mm-hmm. to that every now and then. Hall Pass is good. It's kind of like uh, uh, Hangover, but with a lot of heart. There's so much heart in the Hall Pass that is really kind of shocking. Um, that is incredibly surprising. I really like Jason Sudeikis too. So. Yeah, he's good in it too. But you know, there's times when you like you'll cringe because it's so unfunny. It's those those kind of like you know uh, like shit shooting against a wall type jokes. You know that don't work for me. Yeah. But you yeah. have the heart there and everything, and you have Owen Wilson being old school Owen Wilson funny, and that works. Uh, Our Idiot Brother, the Paul Rudd film, was good. Oh, um, good. That was a six out of ten as well. Um, and that's about it. I, you know, uh, as we've said in the past, these uh, these ratings will be posted on the website soon enough. You can go through everything. I have tons of fives, tons of fours in here. Um, like I so you won't. None of my fours really got mentioned. You know, a few things like Green Lantern and everything. Uh, speaking right. of Green, uh, one that surprised me is not being anywhere near as bad as I thought it would be. Uh, the Green Hornet. Uh, oh really? So we're, it's funny because I just I spent you know like three minutes ago uh, bashing Seth Rogen, but it kind of works in some ways. I would not think Seth Rogen make an action hero, but that movie kind of works. That uh, really surprised I, me because it looked terrible. From me, yeah, too. I mean, uh, come on, Ryan. This is a movie that you know like Logan would hate this movie right away. You think if you were just pitching yeah. it to me? But no, it was only a five out of ten. But still. You know, it, it works kind of. Uh, hmm. But anyway, there's all that. Well, let's get to let's get to it here. Let's finish this bad boy up, Ryan. All right. Uh, so, uh, how many movies did you see in 2010? Well, count, not counting the ones I took off for TV movies and stuff, and of, you mean 2011, I assume. No, I mean 2010. Um, how many movies did you see last year? Oh, 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 oh. yeah. Let's, I'm doing comparison. Yeah. And you gotta uh, count, count the ones you uh, took uh, off. Uh, and uh, 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 well, the ones I took off, I don't. No, no, I'm, I'm sorry. The... We're not counting those. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, they're right. off. Okay, forty-six yeah. is the number. Forty-six for twenty ten. Okay, which is not a great number, and it's not going to be any greater this year. Well, yeah, forty-six was good because I only for twenty ten I only saw fifty-nine. You may recall. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I had that regret about not seeing one more, which is might have led to me seeing Contagion this year. I mean, I never like you know count these beforehand, so obviously I don't know where it's going to land. But yeah, so fifty-nine for me last year, forty-six for you. So it's you know we're pretty close there. And yeah. your overall score for last year. Uh, my last average year. rating of the of the year was five point seven. Okay, and mine uh, last year was a five point one, mm-hmm. uh, which kind of holds true to our one point below you type thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so cool. So, how many movies did you see for twenty eleven, Ryan? Twenty eleven under the same rules, I saw an embarrassing thirty eight movies. Yeah, that's slightly embarrassing. I was expecting you to be coming around twenty something, so you've kind of made me happy with that. Okay. Um. <laughs> Well, Ryan, let me just say that I shocked myself with this one oh. and several other people when I told them uh, to the point that they're like, how are you talking to me right now? And I was like, you know, that's an excellent point. Uh, it's an excellent point, Magical Unicorn. This is actually so shocking, Ryan, this rating, uh, that uh, – <laughs> uh, well, let me, I'll just, let me just tell you, okay? This, <laughs> yeah, this year, 2011, I saw 71 movies. Wow. 71 movies, Ryan. That's more than like a movie a week for this. Like that's several weeks where I watched more than one movie if you like want to average down somewhere, right? I saw I so many to... movies year, this year, Ryan, that like when I put this together, I realized that I left my girlfriend at Olive Garden like six months ago. Because <laughs> somehow I've avoided people this whole year if I've seen 71 movies. That's a lot of the movies. That is a whole lot of movies. But once again, I had that funny regret. Because uh, last year, you know, I ended up at 59. I'm like, why well, didn't see one more? Pushed over. This year, I was like, I'll see one more. Not actually, you know, not know what my total is. If I had not seen Contagion, I could have had a nice 70, but no. <laughs> and I would have enjoyed that banana a lot more, let me tell you. Um, um, I think that we should also mention that we're only counting the movies that actually came out this year. Yeah, Just of to course. point out that you probably saw even more than that. Oh, no. it's uh, If you take my IMDb ratings, you list them as, uh, like, uh, last rated or whatever. Right. Whatever, you know, where you can, like, see the most recent recent ratings, I guess it would be something like that. 
uh, then you can actually do some sort of count there. Although it doesn't count the movies I didn't re-rate. You know, stuff like I watched The Naked Gun 33 and a third for the fourth time this year. You know, I didn't go re-rate that, obviously, so that won't right. go there. But, yeah, I watched a whole lot of movies this year. Um, but, well, that is impressive, that was, sir. And, my hat is off to you. Well, that wasn't me trying to do that in any way. That was the – my rule is, you know, if it if it's in theaters um, – you know, I look at every week of the new movies that are coming out, okay? If it seems at all interesting to me – uh, then I add it to my Netflix to save queue. And so that way, when it, as soon as it comes on DVD, I move it to the top of my queue and I check it out that way. Um, that's been my rule forever. And this year, I guess it really, there was a lot of movies I was interested in. Right. 71. Well, that's great. So I think that is what, the point being that I think that's going to kind of skew uh, my average of the year compared to yours. Uh, so maybe it won't be as close as in the past. But go ahead. So your overall 2011 average, Ryan, how does 2011 rate in movies-wise? Uh, 2011, for the movies I've seen, was a 6.5, which wow. is a pretty high rating. That's insanely high. I think that's our highest rating ever on this <laughs> show. Um, <laughs> Dr. <laughs> Math agrees with you. Um, and I, that may have to do, once again, like I said, with your low not having seen that many, I guess. Um, I got to tell you, if you want a high end-of-year movie rating, have a job where you can't do anything except that job. <laughs> and if you, want, if you want a really, really low one, have a job where you critical and pays you money to see movies. Cause you no, wait a minute. Stop taking money. That's not your money. It's in this box right here. It's the take a dollar, leave a dollar jar. I crossed that out around Logan's money. You never okay. fixed it. That was like six months ago. Yeah, I guess you got me on that one. Listen, I need some of this money to go get my girlfriend out of Hawk at Olive Garden. <laughs> Why don't you just pay for your Damn breadsticks? Damn Italians. They're not literally unlimited, you know. <laughs> um, well, quite shockingly, this is Friday night all over again, let me just say. Uh, my 2011, having seen 71 movies, it comes in at my lowest ever, negative seven, okay, uh, <laughs> 4.91, so, wow. technically, you know, in the past, we've always listed, like, the, uh, the point for a reason, so that ends up at a five, which, when you really look over my list, most of them are either fours or fives, so it makes, it completely makes sense to me, mm-hmm. um, but, it's funny, it's you come in at an all-time sense. high, and I come in at an all-time low, and you can see the reason here is that you saw the least amount of movies you've ever seen in one year and i saw the most i've ever seen in one year yeah i think i probably did this has got to be the year i've seen the least amount of of new movies well next year let's switch it around well i I will try not to see too many movies at all you just stay in your box complete lie now if i stay in my box i'll do nothing but watch movies that's true i better get out this year see um but yeah so 4.9 for me and a 6.5 is that what it was something insane like that Mm -hmm. 6.5 uh ryan says 2011 was a 6.5 at the theater and logan says it was a 4.9 um, Indeed. I'm curious, if you want to tell us where you stand, I'm curious. Uh, or tell us, you know, some of the movies you saw this year uh, that were interesting. Just put it in the comment box below. Mm-hmm. Uh, below and this blog on criticalend.com. Criticalend.com. You know, I actually, you know, we always say this sort of thing, but I, I think both of us really like to hear. Uh, maybe, maybe not your five, but some of your. We're not that interested, but you know, uh, shut up. Some of your, uh, some of your favorite movies of the year. Uh, I like to. I like if, and if you agree with us, that's cool too. Um, yeah, and if there are movies we haven't talked about that you are like, how do they possibly they miss, miss it? This? Well, right, right. Add it to our Netflix queue. Um, and if you're a fan of Fright Night, put it on there. Uh, I want to hear like what fans thought of the remake. So, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, well, there it is. I want to hear. I want to actually do a cross section of fans who saw the remake who were Doctor Who fans versus not, and we'll see if it's the David Tennant effect. From what I uh, understand, if a quick look over the IMDb message board for the remake will tell you the same thing. That the two pe- the people who saw it, um, and once again, it's kind of it's drawn down the middle, uh, are are the people who love the original because you know it has a pretty big following, right? Mm-hmm. And Doctor Who fans, and all the Doctor Who fans are talking about how he's so hot like Russell Brand. I'm not making this up. 
Um, and that's funny because for me, that's instantly who I thought he was in the movie. I'm like, okay, he's trying to be Russell Brand, I guess. Uh, but um, I guess that Doctor Who's like one of the better looking ones. Yeah, as far as fans are concerned, is that correct? Look, don't judge me by, I'm not by judging, people who but, like right, Russell Brand. You're the one who just said that people who seen this movie loved him. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> um, he's pretty hot, though. Right. <laughs> I'll trade you a trading card set. Okay. For what? What are we? What's happening? You're trading your <laughs> Doctor Who trading card set. I don't. Wait, no. And no. And you're also gonna go pay that Olive Garden bill for me. But I have all the different Mac colored Daleks. You can't have it. It's the nerdiest thing you've ever said in the show, and that says a lot too. It's not true at all. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, it was a good year for me with movies, anyway. <laughs> um, no, I don't. I mean, you know, it's funny because we always put this rating uh, at the very end, and it always seems kind of low to mediocre, right? But it was a good mm. year for movies. Like I had a fun time with movies this year. Um, there were some good superhero movies, which is surprising. I can't. I can't think of any like super movie. Like I can't think of any movies we went to see in the theaters that I regret seeing in the theaters. You know, while mm-hmm. in the past we could be like my solo take. Like I, can't, I still cannot believe I paid money for that. Mm-hmm. Um, while stuff even like Shark Night 3D, like I sat at home, I could have turned it off whenever I wanted to. You know, I didn't feel like there was any right. loss of money involved there. Uh, so there you go. So let us know what you think, and when, it's all good. Uh, we should be back sometime soon. The upcoming uh, weeks. Yeah, uh, we do have another show planned for 102. Uh, we're not quite sure what's going to be in it yet, but it's coming. Well, uh, you know, don't don't think that Critical End's ended or anything. We've, you know, uh, sporadically throughout the year, we'll do a few movies um, or whatnot. Uh, and then, of course, at the very end of uh, 2012, we'll do another one of these shows. And, of course, we'll still be doing our Critical End Oscar Live blog in just a couple weeks, right? Yeah, more news on the site coming soon for that. Uh, and if you're on Facebook you'll pro- and you're a fan of us, you'll probably get an invite. Um, so go fan us on there if you haven't done that. Uh, check us out, check us out on iTunes. Leave a new review. I think it's been a while since any reviews have been posted on there. Indeed. Uh, and of course, criticalin.com is still the place to go for all things critical in. By the way, I just found out recently that iTunes, uh, does not have a reliable way to keep track of how, of who is subscribed, how many people are subscribed to a given podcast. Did you know this? I did not, but we've had sort of problems like this with iTunes in the past. Um, and this is kind of like maybe biting the hand that feeds you. I'm not sure. We don't actually make anything off iTunes, obviously. Uh, no. But they, you know, there's that whole thing where they don't tell you they do this, but they don't. Like after a while, the old shows start disappearing. You have to go in there and like find that setting to leave them all up there and everything. Uh, well, I think that's an RSS setting on our site, so that's not going to happen. Oh, really? Thing. Okay, well, I actually, hope. I should look. Anyway, point being mm-hmm. though, um, the only way they judge popularity of a podcast, or the main way, is by uh, ratings and reviews. So go huh. write us a rating. Make do some reviews, please, because we're back now, people. Yep. Oh, the thing we never really went anywhere. I guess. I mean, we spent. I was over here. We spent so long. Ryan was over there, and I was over here, and we were, spent so long trying to do that hundredth episode. That's how much we love you guys. You know how much time we put in that hundredth episode? Do you listen to that thing? Most of you probably yeah, didn't that's listen why, to it. That's why I didn't watch any movies. I was drinking cereal out of a weird bowl. That's right. Right. I saw. Trying the, to read the never-ending story I over saw, a weekend. Yeah. Okay, that's, it never ends. That's Logan. the nerdiest thing you've ever said. Right Oh, man. That's what we did for you fans, okay? Um, and, Ryan, I just checked the iTunes popularity in that episode. It's not very popular, let me say, okay? Yee. Well, until next time, Logan. Mm. Shut up. Oh, I'm already way ahead of you, Ryan. <laughs> You're still talking, though. <laughs>